farm yard. Hello and welcome to the Salacast on Sunday the 25th of February 2024. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today is Zachary Burgess. But not a llama. And Robert Kemp. Lawrence of my llama. <laughs> you spell it with two L's and then it's, yeah, and no, then it's, it's a half llama, half snake. <laughs> I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> the snake lady. That's what one L implies, yeah. apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. It's in my theory. Lady. <laughs> <laughs> Has Llama got two L's because it's like Romanized from some South American language or something? But even then, why would you pick two L's? Well, I guess you wouldn't want to. Like, if a Welsh person sees it, do they think it's like a Llama? <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe. Or is it just like it had an. It was a contraction of like L lava, <laughs> like EL. Oh, well, there was something else in there. <laughs> yeah, it's like they, they forgot <laughs> that extra letter and then it just got mushed <laughs> into one word. <laughs> oh, I see. Like, like, oh, this is L lava. <laughs> the, the, the legendary beast of the, of the South. It would be El Lamo then, wouldn't it? Like, well, yes, whatever the grammatical context of that would be. Have you ever heard of guard llamas? Yeah. Where they get a llama to defend a flock of sheep from... Is that like a terrible spin-off of Star Fox Guard? (laughs) Star Llama. (laughs) Star Llama. I mean, that's what you want, the crossover between Star Fox and Llamatron. Oh, damn. (laughs) Can you imagine how mental that would be? I mean, I'm quite looking forward to like like when a, when a com a bit of communication happens, and then just that dumbass picture of a llama pops up, and then the little little thing goes. Gur, 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 gur. <laughs> yep, clearly. When's the Jeff Minter collection or whatever coming out? Oh, the sort of yeah. What well, apparently you can get oh, Tempest Four Thousand is available somewhere at the moment. I think if you've got Prime, you can claim it for free or something. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know because aren't they sort of giving Minter the sort of the same treatment they did to Karataka or something recently? Yeah, here we go. Llama Soft, the Jeff Minter story, thirteenth of March. Okay, nice. But comes with Grid Run and re- Remastered, which is good because it's one of those games that I managed to get on the iPhone, and it's one of those ones that you know no longer exists. Yeah, on never, that app never got updated, so it doesn't yeah. doesn't run. Um, so annoying. He was behind Llamatron, wasn't he? Actual, actual Llamatron. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because as long as that comes back, because like people love Robotron, right? And it's like oh, they, they don't know what they're missing, right? Llamatron <laughs> is like is, is is vastly superior. <laughs> you get Llamatron. You get you get sheep in space. Andy's attack. Attack of the mutant camels. Mega galactic llamas battle at the edge of time. <laughs> Most of those and I don't actually more. know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Tempest is the obvious one. The was it yeah. Space Giraffes is one is the, one of the more recent ones. All the Minter classics you've ever heard of, and several you probably haven't. Good, sweet. I will bleed from my eyeballs. <laughs> yes, color cycle my face, and play some Japanese Eurobeat or something over the top. Make it. <laughs> It's basically it. Yeah, it's always it's always like meme lighting the game. Pretty much. What's it? Bisexual lighting, right? <laughs> Wait, That's what? not nearly extreme enough for Lavatron. 
Two colours, what are you talking about? Pink and purple and blue. It's insufficient. <laughs> definitely insufficient. You need every colour. Make it on Atari and then just use the decompression as the colour background. <laughs> right, yeah. That was always fun. <laughs> yeah, didn't they? What, wasn't that in like Yars Revenge or something where they used a noise trick? on the Atari to like cause it had like Yars Revenge had like a shield pattern down the middle but it was like all sort of noisy looking and it's right. like and it's theoretically not possible to create that effect if you're using the Atari properly like so they they managed to create a noisy channel or something on a specific area of the screen and it just makes this sort of uh, fuzzy shield effect oh technology yeah was an awful bit of equipment, wasn't it? Really, <laughs> like, it's, like you can't you can't really go back to the twenty six hundred and enjoy it. I think mm, no, it's, all, it's it's just that little bit too old. I think. <laughs> yeah, but I think you can say that about everything at this point. I don't know. You can enjoy the NES. Yeah, or, I definitely. Well, I no, I think I think it's 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 there's a step back down again once you get to three D. Like it's hard to go back and enjoy yeah, the sixty four stuff now. Oh, I don't know. No, I. I I mean, I'm planning to get my N64 out of the loft at some point, like it, like when I'm back on my retro stuff. But you know, because uh, I don't but, know, get the PS1 out out was was fun. Yeah, but it's a bit like clearly like Yoshi's Island is like fancier graphically in some ways than like yeah. Ridge Racer or something. You know, sure. wow, well, it's more polished in the 2D space. Than, you could than, vaguely see what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and Ridge was pretty polished for what 3D yeah, could do true. at that point in time. Yeah, indeed. I'm choosing that as an example of a good-looking one. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and also it's cheating if you're playing it in like an emulator where you can just up-res it. That's, oh sure, yeah, and turn, <laughs> that and, doesn't count. And turn, and yeah, turn off all of play, PlayStation's like idiosyncrasies with the like you know the warping and all that stuff, which you know. Even if you do that, it still looks harsher than it did on a CRT or whatever. Often, like it's a different you, sure. kind of harsh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean you can you can fake it to some degree, but you're right, mm. it doesn't quite capture how it used to look. I was very impressed by whatever it um emulator setting you had when we did Ocarina of Time. Um, oh right. It really the, the, oh, what's it what's that called? Angry Lion, I think, graphics mode that uh, is in whatever core we were using in uh, Retro Arch. Yeah. Um, it it really looked a lot like it used to. Yeah. I mean I I, I believe the the angry line is like specifically for you know designed for accuracy. It doesn't up res it, like mm. that. It actually can't do that. Um, and I think it's the only one that actually makes renders some of the effects in F Zero X correctly. Like there's like when the menu transitions in F Zero X, it does like a full frame buffer kind of warpy thing. Mm. And uh, I don't think any of the other emulator te- uh, emulators are capable of doing that. So yeah, go check out our video series, <laughs> uh, Ocarina of Time. You did a complete yeah. playthrough on that there YouTube. Happy Sabbath. <laughs> like that Zach's dying, give him a minute. Yep. <laughs> a rare, more rare cough than my regular cough. <laughs> I'm not ill though. That's not... How's your health? How's <laughs> <laughs> our health? Is everything all right? No, it's like when I cough more, that means it's more normal. It's when I cough less, it's when I get ill. No, I see, I see. So like, if you, if We've you... already determined that. 
Yeah, yeah, you have a period of time of being oh, on top of the world. It's like, oh, it's coming. Well, no, it's not really just it's coming. It's just that the cough stops when I'm ill in another way. Yeah, I see. That's a different. Okay. <laughs> I've done a fair amount of drinking over the last two days, so uh, I, get, I, guess, I guess my stomach's not 100% on, on, on form today. <laughs> I ain't going to stop me from getting peached. Naturally. I mean, speaking that, of, that's what you need. Speaking Absolutely. of bad food ideas related to pizza, even. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed the, that we got like the random Domino's advertisement for our door, and one of the things that they're currently doing is cream egg cookie. Which you might think, if you're familiar with the cream egg fl- McFlurry, yeah, mm. you're thinking like, okay, so there's chunks of chocolate and cream egg sauce in it, and that's how you make the McFlurry. Yeah, sounds pretty nice. So you might think cookie like that, right? But no, it's a whole cream egg in cookie dough. <laughs> Just cooked like that. Oh wow! What? what? So it's like a like a cream <laughs> like egg encased. Yeah. Well, it's it's like the cookie even like spread. It's like it's flat, but then there's just a huge mound in the middle where the cream egg is. <laughs> so, oh, right, so the so the, cook, the cookie isn't even spherical. It's no. like it's, it's like made its own stand. Yeah. But they're too big, aren't they? A full on cream egg. Yeah, is you would think so. Somehow. And how the fuck are you going to eat that? And it's like you're eating a yeah. hot cream egg. That's just going to. Well, is it hot by the time it arrives? Well, I mean, like... as hot as anything from Domino's. I, mean, if you do, I guess if you're doing Domino's properly, by the time you've eaten the pizza, it might have cooled to an adequate temperature. True. But still, it will have been at the very least melted and resolidified, well, which yeah. probably won't help either. Or it's still like vaguely molten just because, you know, cream eggs, right? They're, they're, they're kind of already a bit well, yeah. I mean that I you would think picture that, this. you would think that any <laughs> amount of heat would make the middle of the cream egg even more runny right yeah I'm sort of imagining it a bit like like maybe maybe it'll help, help visualise this like you know the sort of like pods that the alien face huggers come out of right, right. it sort of looked like that but in cookie form the cookie is a <laughs> bit more expansive okay. like They've given. They've tried to give it, give you a reasonable amount of cookie compared to the amount of egg, which basically okay. means that the cookie has to extend out a bit further. <laughs> I've taken. I've found a picture, and yeah, okay. Their <laughs> 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 description: We've taken our famous Domino's cookies and stuffed them with a whole Cadbury's cream egg. No, really, a whole one. <laughs> <laughs> It kind of looks like, obviously it's different on the outside, but it kind of reminds me looking at it in cross-section because they've cut one in half, obviously, so you can see the cross-section. It reminds me of a deep-fried Mars bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's immediately yeah. what I was thinking when Zach said that. But, like, I don't know, at least it's sweet, encased in sweet, rather than yeah. whatever the hell category. I suppose batter, batter can is. be sweet, right? But but it, yeah. from a chip shop, it's not going to be that kind of batter, right? It's going to be, like, the same stuff you put your sausage in. I mean, I think <laughs> I'm loving the Google results. There's the Domino's one at the top, and then it's like Sky News conservative peer outraged by Domino's new cream egg. Obviously, and then the, the sub uh, quote: "I can confirm these are banging." <laughs> Screen. <laughs> <laughs> wow, banging Domino's desserts. The Tory peer criticizes Domino's and calls them egregious. Yeah, good one. <laughs> Deary me. Very funny. Some, that's some journalism, that is. <laughs> Impressive journalism. Do you think they did it more for clicks than for actual Well, yes, obviously. I mean, you ask yeah, that question yeah. about any media, yeah. basically, at this point. Do you remember when we were in, um, uh, was it Byron Burger in Ipswich, and there was those, like, Franken 
monster um uh milkshakes or whatever they were which was like and the, the <laughs> and the waiter was like don't get that <laughs> I think it was your birthday no. or something. <laughs> they were like, yeah, don't, don't order that. We tried to order it and they were like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't remember them. I don't, I don't remember what those were. I, I can't remember what was in them, but it was like oh, it was like a whole glass overflowing with like ice cream and chocolate and things, basically in, nominally a drink, but not really. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I would have chosen one of those. That seems a bit mm. mad. I mean, I, I mean, a milkshake on its own at Byron's is often a bit much. Mm. I mean, they're, they're exactly. delicious, but yeah. oh my god, the sugar rush you get! Off. <laughs> Someone was trying to tell me the other day that a sugar rush isn't a thing. Like it's, it's not actually like how 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 it works. And I'm like, how it's described. And I'm like yeah. bollocks. I've definitely like had like I've eaten enough food where I've gone a bit buzzy. <laughs> like, Blood sugar is a real thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. like levels, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and surely that's the why it's a sugar rush, right? Like like I like my blood sugar is higher because I've just eaten a whole bunch of sugary stuff. I, I or, think or, or like had like an excess quantity of full fat coke. I don't know. think blood sugar necessarily translates to like hyperactivity. <laughs> like blood sugar being exactly. high might just be bad. <laughs> but then but then what's causing the buzziness? Psychological effects. Uh-huh, I mean maybe, yeah. I mean I it's not like I don't have a few of those. <laughs> I mean maybe it's the case that I mean obviously low blood sugar is bad, bad. and yeah. you're gonna get you know you need Feel to pretty eat something. Weak. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, you, that whole system can go wrong, and you can get diabetic, and then you sure. really need to pay attention to the levels. But if you're not diabetic, I, I wonder if it's just that, you know, it's a myth that something sweet will spike it and then crash it, and maybe the body mm. actually regulates it a bit better than that. But that's what, yeah, that's what diabetes is, though, right? Diabetes doesn't right. regulate yeah, yeah, that. exactly, um, exactly, yeah. But surely, even if it spikes, it takes a bit of time for the the process. You know, the the uh, glucose to glycogen conversion takes a little while to yeah. actually happen. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it's like part of it is of the conception of it is is not right. But I mean, I'm sure, I mean, blood sugar is definitely real. Presumably, there's like your blood sugar can be low and that's bad, but there must be a literal physical upper limit to how high it can go just by how fast your body can process the sugar and get it into the bloodstream. Mm, Yeah. So, like, you can't just keep eating sugar and and then really have a sugar rush. (laughs) It's not like, well, it's not like injecting fucking heroin or something where you can overdo it. Well, sure. (laughs) Inject the sugar directly into your bloodstream. I mean, mean, you can can overdo anything if you try, right? That's not... You can die from chocolate. Well, yes, but that's not... It's not going to be... Well, it might be because of blood sugar, but that's not going to be infinite blood sugar. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm not going to, like, have, like, just just caramel running through my veins. (laughs) Presumably that could be part of the problem. It could fuck with all the osmosis or something. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. We don't know shit about biology. (laughs) (laughs) No. Just, just that, just that we have shit. We've proven that <laughs> sugar does not cause hyperactivity in children. Double-blind trials have shown no difference in behaviour between children giving sugar-full or sugar-free diets, even in studies specifically looking at children with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. 
Uh, okay, well, that, that doesn't. That's not talking about sugar yeah. rushes, is it? That's, it's true. That's, that's the difference. Like, so maybe they were getting confused yeah. about what that actually was. Like, so so if if Badger decides to have a bit of cake, it's probably not the end of the world. Is what that's <laughs> yeah. saying. I, I think it's fine. Maybe. <laughs> It's not like we have to like go. Oh God, hold on to your butts. Well, I mean, this is going to be a rough half hour. Presumably, you actually specifically have to not do that in order to prevent the psychological effects that might cause it to happen. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Don't placebo him into being hyperactive by accident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe we. If we project the terror of a sugar rush, yeah. <laughs> like he will actually just go mental. That was the food segment. That was the food, yeah, segment. The food let's, segment. Let's move on. Another... Quick. <laughs> Before we all get very, very hungry. Talk about food, though. Oh, <laughs> just one more on the food misconceptions list here on Wikipedia. Eating normal amounts of soy does not cause homo- hormonal imbalance. So there you go. So, so don't worry. Oh, so no, there's no such thing as a soy boy. <laughs> soy boys. No, obviously not. It's, it's lifestyle only, yo. Carrots do not enhance night vision. Yeah. <laughs> Etc. Oh, yeah, I think I think that one's been known for quite some time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that was propaganda, wasn't it, from the Second World War? From oh, the was British. it? Well, yeah. Yeah, they, because they... These people they to eat vegetables, basically. <laughs> yeah, well, the Germans that, that supposedly didn't know that they developed radar, so they were just like, we're just eating lots of carrots yeah. so we can see you in the dark. <laughs> nice. I was just going to say shout out to the uh, to the schnitzel burger that we had Friday night. Oh yeah, shout, schnitzel shout forever, Stokingson. That was that was that tasty was, schnitzel. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, it works well as a burger, doesn't it? Because mm. obviously you can have it as just flat schnitzel. But it's basically like yeah, it's, well, it's basically a chicken burger, but it's just like it's yeah. just done in a different way, right? And it's just it's, oh, that yeah. slightly different way that schnitzel is, and it's like well, obviously the crispiness is going to work in a burger, obviously. Yeah, it's nice. Fold it up. Put some nice sauces on there. Oh. Yeah. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, so you came to visit then, Rob? <laughs> I did, yeah. I went to I went to downtown. That that their land and <laughs> saw your Rivendell in the flesh. In the <laughs> in the <laughs> plasticky Lego y flesh. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty that is pretty big. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty yeah, sweet. it's cool, isn't it? Yeah. Like I like as I say, I shout out to you. I like your Mustang as well. But the, the Lego Mustang's pretty cool. I like yeah, that. the Mustang is cool. It actually has some features where it like you can make it look more kind of like it's been uh, jacked up in the back and oh, <laughs> like really? a drag racer and stuff. Yeah, it's got and it's got a nitrous tank that you can put in the back and stuff. What do they call it when they like they're, when cars bounce on their front rails? Like like you know when when they do that with like low riders. I suppose low rider back in the thing, back in the yeah. Snoop Dogg days. I say back in the Snoop Dogg days. He's still okay, alive. We're, we're thing, always in the Snoop Dogg days. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Snoop Dogg forever. Yeah, wherever they called that, it'd be funny if you could do that. Like, actually have it bounce <laughs> just casually. Yeah, they should make a low rider. Like, that should be a technic thing, though, rather than a Lego. Maybe one, right? so you could have it as an actual like, so action move. feature that it yeah. bounces like crazy. That would be so cool because they've then, got pneumatics and stuff. Because I presume they're pneumatic powered. Right? The pneumatics would be nearly fast enough to make that realistic. It would be super slow to be like. Eh. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would have to actually like take off, right? It's got to actually bounce. Yeah, you'd need be... it would have to be faked. It would be like Oh, yeah. right. The, whole, the like whole thing a, is on a There'd be a spinner underneath that just whacks against the table basically and then you'd fake yeah. the the suspension looking longer by mm. using like weak springs or whatever. I guess you could yeah, I guess you could put the whole car on just a big way <laughs> I want a lever. Yeah. And, and and move it upwards. So then it would look like I guess real sized bouncing because the problem is I guess you do it small scale. It's just going to bounce through. Like the bounce is going to look too fast. Yeah, maybe. Cause, yeah, probably because physics, because pendulum physics, I suppose. But uh, that'd be that'd be cool. Cut the check, Lego. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they could make it not dangerous <laughs> for a, for like a toy. That actually had a good effect. Maybe if it was something you not dangerous, like, you, you reckon it's going to be like something. serious injury from a lowrider bouncing on your hand, or well, yeah, from an individual piece of like if it has enough power to boost. Oh, what to actually like thing it could splinter something off? Or something or something. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure that's Although, just the danger yeah. with every Lego thing ever that something is going to potentially ping <laughs> if you abuse it. Yeah, well, I guess they make those spring-loaded stuff so that they're as safe as possible for mm. for kids. I did end up watching one of the stupid things that came up on my Facebook feed was someone trying to make like um, uh, a transport vehicle in Lego, but testing various different variants of it, like just to see if the how the suspension would work on rough terrain. And they'd made like mm. um like a rolling road basically with obstacles on it for this thing to run over. Um, uh, yeah, that rabbit hole. That, went, that, that video went up for quite some time, and I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> like, just sat there watching it on Facebook, like on my phone. I may have seen that channel. Like, yeah, is it I may have seen that channel as well. <laughs> yeah, very rarely actually watch any they, of these they videos. Test, uh, they test it until it fails, and then they make a new thing, and then test that until that fails, etc., and repeat. Well, kind of. No, I think this was more like a. It was almost like a scientific sort of approach. It's like here's a bunch of vehicles we've made with different techniques. We're going to test them all on the same thing and measure how much mm. how much how much of the load we lose. Yeah, I think the last one of those that I watched was like spinning the spinning different Lego wheels to see how much RPM they can withstand. Yeah. There we go. That's your Lego minute. Yeah, we've done food. We've done Lego. What? What's next? What's next? Should we talk about? Uh, I, I was going to talk about something, but I've completely forgotten. I think it was like some sort of poopy TV rant, but you know, standard for this podcast. But it's too poopy to even remember. <laughs> I can't even remember the TV rant. I wrote down about how there's how there's there was another like. Another instance of ChatGPT or whatever mysteriously going wrong. Oh yeah, I heard about. It. Wasn't there some kind of like went, went just mad for a while? Yeah, like it just, mm. just it was it was like people called it a stroke because it kind of looked like that. Where <laughs> right. it's like it's sentences that are structured like sentences, but all the words are wrong. <laughs> huh. It's like it looks like perfectly well formed sentences, except none of the words make any sense. Interesting. So was that like a like a phenomenon that happened to everyone all at once? Like for yeah, some reason, like, like it was in the actual, you know, remote server or whatever that's sending yeah. all the data out. Right. So like, and they had to revert it. So just just one of I guess, I guess presumably what this must have only affected one of the services, well, right? Maybe. Okay. But yeah, 
How, it, I don't know. I, I, I get the impression they don't change the underlying model very much because no. it gradually evolves. But what they do change is, well, they change the rules engine that lets you, uh, that determines which things to actually answer. And then they also uh, change the key thing is they change the internal bit of prompt text that you can't see, you know, that says to, right. you are a helpful assistant. You <laughs> need to answer questions in a friendly way and shit like that. They m- mess around with that and that screws up all answers when they mess it up. Yeah, it's like I, the, as usual. The question that you you would never like, just like last time when when it stopped, when it just refused to complete tasks previously, and they had to fuck around with it on the back end to fix that. Mm. Where it was like you'd ask it for a list, and it wouldn't actually give you the whole list, and it would tell you to go and do the work yourself. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, excellent. That was funny, but in this case, it's the same thing where it's just like. The question is how it is like what happened because it was either you know it just like it just evolved that way and then it and then it broke or it was it actually like you know a actual malicious attack basically or not necessarily malicious accidentally malicious like they have those they have those images that are specifically designed to fuck up the AI scraping, right? right? Yeah. You can feed it a, a specific image and it just ruins the whole model, basically. Mm. Or, so I was wondering... Or the, the, way, or the poisoning. Uh, yeah. Or, they, or, the, or the null face lady, right? The, the the way that you could like manipulate things to sort of... If everything tended towards zero, for some reason you'd get that null face. Mm. But yeah, I was wondering if that was like... Is there a text version of that, basically? Hmm. Where you could feed it a bit of text that just breaks the whole model somehow. Quite possibly. Yeah. My dad and I were talking about this, right? Because like, these models don't, aren't, they're not actively learning, right, from, no. u- from user inputs. <laughs> well, mostly, anyway. No. I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure it might be scraping some data. Well, I reckon that that's probably not the model itself, right? They're probably feeding it back into it to train the next version of the model, right? Based sure. on mm. uh, stuff like that. So, but, <laughs> but, but, but we were talking about like being polite to the model, right? Is that a way of like reinforcing when it's done a good job, right? If you actually tell it, thanks, that yeah. was a good answer. That is, um, I mean, I think they, there was a period in the earlier times when that was a thing, where they were like, we need to actually, this model can actually reinforce it from actual, you know, well, I mean, that's why you have... I mean, it's not exactly the same, but they have the button where it's like, this answer was not actually what I asked. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah, they have that. Yeah. Which is is even funny because that doesn't that really doesn't work when you just prompt that, right? Like when you say, it's like, no, no, that's not what I asked. Like if you type that in, often the, the engine just sort of ignores that and doesn't really know what to... Yeah. Goes off on a different incorrect tangent. <laughs> it does apologize. Like if it gets something oh, completely sure, wrong and just... you're like... And I, I'm like, no, I'm, but I, what I don't do is there's no reason not to, but the, the temptation is to be like, no, you moron. Uh, <laughs> it's like yeah, this. Yeah. And then it does apologize. It just say, sorry for the confusion. Like, you're right. This isn't like that. And then gives you something wow. hopefully more helpful. Sometimes it will say it isn't like, well, it's just like, it just, I guess it's just trying to agree with you, right? Like the model is, is too friendly. It's like, but it, yeah, it's, it's a it, little too friendly. Like I tried looking up a pretty, uh, what is probably a pretty esoteric problem in Windows um, to do yeah. with work, and uh, it had absolutely no idea what I was talking about, really? and, gave, and gave me a pretty boilerplate answer. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, okay, because uh, mm. I wasn't getting anywhere with a traditional search, so, so I yeah. thought I'd, thought so I'd, I'd ask it. Try, yeah. uh, and it, yeah, it didn't. 
it, 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 it too almost gave me a, a bit of a boilerplate answer. So I yeah. tried, yeah, and and I could, I just couldn't get it to couldn't get it to understand what I was asking. Um, didn't try too hard, in fairness, because it was like, well, if it's not going to get it right first time, I'm not going to put the time into trying to finesse my prompt to make it understand me. Because uh, that's what I do with Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, I suppose, that with Google, you're starting again every time, but uh, it at least can take enough tokens that it includes the previous I mean, part in, of the conversation. Theory. So it has that context. That's what makes yeah. it chat GPT, right? That's yeah, what yeah. made it exciting, was that it, it has the context of the rest of the conversation. Yeah, in theory. I've, I've found that to be flaky. Like, its idea of context. Or well, any engine's idea of context is just... You know, it, it forgets things. <laughs> Obviously, it's like no, no. Let's, let's talk about that other thing, and it goes, "What other thing?" <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Mm. What from the same conversation? Yeah, kind of, yeah. I don't, I've, I've never been. I've, I've never been that impressed with its context awareness. Like it just always seems yeah. seems like it's not. Never seems to quite remember what exactly what you've talked about before, especially with the image generation side of things, right? Whenever you ask it, it's like, oh, now take that and change it in this way, or, and it just doesn't do it. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff, or or. Or take that guy over there and modify it, and it's like, no, <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. Or if you want to go back a step, right? Like you do something and you modify it, and then go, no, okay, let me go back to that original one, and let's work from there. It's like, no, I can't do that. Yes, that information doesn't get saved. It's yeah. like we generated this, but this is purely an outbound info stream, and yeah. then it's gone. In, 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 in image land, anyway, it's partic- it's particularly dumb. It seems at the moment. I wonder. We were look, like so. Dan and I were looking at like Sora, right? The new video creator. Yeah. And uh, we were having a. I had. A, we were talking about like, oh, does this mean the death of the stu- of the bad AI of the really bad AI ads? You know, the funny ones, the ones you want. Like, are we not? Are we not going to get another terrible Pepsi? Yeah. Um, or hilarious Pepsi ad, I should say. Like, have, we, have we gone past that point mostly? Uh, but then I was just thinking, like, actually, surely we'll just get to the point where we can ask these video engines to make one in the style of a bad AI video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe we could generate, like, yeah, maybe we could generate terrifying adverts for things still, but because I mean, we've asked for it. <laughs> I don't think Sora is fully past that point, judging by some of those subtle no, videos. No, 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 there's still, there's still, there's still some things that are wrong, but it's... But it's mad a, but enough to be funny, that's no, the problem. I don't know, like the one with the infinitely regenerating wolf pups was pretty, pretty ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny, I guess. And, and they are showing, although those are the ones they've shown that are obviously hand-picked or whatever, like uh, Sam Altman has been responding to things on Twitter and, you know, putting prompts in and then sharing the videos within you know, 10 minutes or whatever, however mm. long it was. So, you know, um, it, it, it's, you know, evidently it is, isn't all entirely handpicked from hundreds of attempts, you know? I, I want to, I want the option to basically, cause, cause he was talking about, um, like engines, like hallucinate after a while, right? They get, they get away yeah. from the original content, uh, the original ask. And it's like yeah, it only no, does one minute, right? Well, yeah, and a bit of me just wants yeah. to no turn that turn that limitation off. Turn keep it going, up. Yeah, keep just going. Keep going. I want to I want to see what you really think about Sora. If I ask you this, what do you really want to do? 
Give me minute five. Well, I mean, maybe- like, don't generate the whole sequence. Just give me minute five to six or something that would have been in the sequence. Well, maybe you could just trigger to do that by like feeding it the last frame of the previous thing as the prompt for the next bit. Oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> just keep it going. Just like, take this image and create another minute I haven't footage. even told you what this is. Just roll with it. Go. That could be pretty funny. Yeah, what if the last frame is one of the messed up ones? Like, like a dog with three mouths or something it's probably then, quite likely yeah still. and then you feed that in and it goes well here's your kerberos video enjoy <laughs> the death of humanity is coming uh, <laughs> speaking of video, video game news <laughs> video game news well there oh. was a nintendo not nintendo direct yep a partner direct uh, of which very little of interest happened. Yeah. In fact, I ba- barely took a note. Uh, I, g- I guess the one thing that was vaguely interesting is confirmation of a couple of games that um, are belonging to of a certain Microsoft that are coming to Switch. Um, that being Grounded. Um, ob- that was an Obsidian join, was it? Uh I can't remember. Anyway, that the, the uh, sort of Honey I Shrunk the Kids survival game um, is fi- will find a home on Switch, uh, and also Pentiment, which seems like oh, that's that's a brilliant choice yeah. of something that's pretty should, obvious. Yeah, good Switch game. So this all sort of feeds back to um, I guess I guess in between last episode and this episode, Microsoft did announce exactly what this what all these rumors about them going multi-platform actually mean and it's um it's a very limited trial at the moment uh in essence so uh i i actually don't know what the fourth game is but they basically said right there are going to be four games that we're going to put on other platforms um this and (laughs) starfield definitely will not be one of them they said that (laughs) um uh and we're we're just going to yeah, we're just going to see. We're just going to test the water. We're going to see like how these do on other platforms, and it's like I guess, I guess they, it sort of makes sense, right? Like put everything out on Game Pass first. Let let us subscribers get the benefit of anything Microsoft want to put out first. And if it's a, I want to say maybe, and this is going to come out a little bit harsh. Maybe if it's a slightly underperforming game for them, maybe they're you know want to recoup a little bit of finance finance on it, make a little bit more moolah. Put it on other platforms. I don't think anyone's going to mind. Um, no, uh, and and more power to them. I think mean, it's 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 fair to do that. Um, uh, so the third game that they they've said is like is Hi-Fi Rush. You know those rumors were of course true, um, uh, but it's only actually been properly announced for PlayStation, despite the 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 rumor stating it was going to come to Switch. Um, but absolutely no no sign of that happening. Um, so people are now suggesting, oh, maybe it will come to Nintendo, but maybe that they're holding off till Switch Two. Uh, maybe the Switch couldn't quite handle Hi-Fi Rush in the way. Or maybe, uh, or maybe uh, they just didn't finish in time. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe they just need to yeah. delay that version a little bit more. Maybe they yeah need needs a bit more needs a bit more time. Uh, but the PlayStation announcement has already happened. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's that's all that really was in the end. It's not not the big Microsoft is still going to be in the console business. They assure they assured us that the next version of Xbox will be a huge technological leap because, of course, they'd say that. Of course. Um, uh, 
And that's it. That's all that's all there is to all of that hoo-ha. Um there will still be first party Microsoft games that are exclusive, but there may be a few that aren't. Um That's Which no is real nice to hear. Yeah, it's no real bad news for anyone really. Um no, it's all good. Uh yeah, the only other two things I've picked out from this thing was like we got a little look at the uh Battlefront Classic Collection, because you know what? Yeah, you know the Star Wars Battlefront. Right. They're 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 putting out the originals, like not the 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 modern ones, not the uh, Frostbite engine powered ones. They should just put out the one that got cancelled or whatever. (laughs) That was nearly done. Which one was that? That must have been three, because one and two definitely came out. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know if they've. But anyway, yeah, they're putting those classic collection. That's coming to Switch. We know that's coming to PlayStation as well. Presumably, there's an Xbox version. I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know. It just looks. It's, it's weird, isn't it? To be like, hey, look at this game. They look right jank now because <laughs> it's not really been like. Well, I mean, what's been done to it? It seems maybe it won't uh, come out like like the other Star Wars games didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like the the. Was it the Kotor? Is the Kotor remake still happening? No, the remake isn't happening anymore. Is yeah, it? Like, but the remaster sort of came out. Mm, mate, mm, I don't know. I don't I remember which remember. one was which. I can't remember. There was something about Kotor. Yeah, right? was, the, the, something them, failed. One of them did come out. Uh, and there's a new super, a, a brand, brand new Super Monkey Ball. Um, really? Yep. Yeah, uh, called called Banana Rumble. Um, because they put out a, a basically a, a sort of remake collection of the of the first few uh, Monkey Ball games last year on Switch, um, and this seems to uh, this is basically more of the same, you know, the same graphical style they used for that remake, which you know isn't, isn't as good as how the original looked. Honestly, the original had style. This just looks kid friendly, <laughs> you know. It's a uh, that doesn't quite doesn't doesn't capture my imagination, uh, mm. uh, but yeah, I mean it's just interesting. There's a brand brand new Super Monkey Ball, and it's got a new mechanic. You can charge up a boost. You can basically they call it a spin dash as well, spin which, dash. Is, which, <laughs> nice. which is funny. I don't even know if they're like Sonic is cameoing in it, which you know that she should have done really if they're going to call it a yeah, it goddamn makes spin dash. They don't spin in the right way though. They sort of spin. What horizontally? Yeah, <laughs> it didn't, even though it has the action of you spinning forwards, right? It didn't look like a Sonic on the spot spin. I didn't see any monkey target in that trailer. <laughs> All that matters, obviously. Uh, so there's that. Uh, let's gearbox is in the news this week. Everyone's favourite. Uh... <laughs> Everyone's game creator, favorite. yeah, yeah, uh, because that their Borderlands trailer came out. It Where? looks like a sort of semi bad mid to middling video game adaptation. <laughs> Not even Jack Black as Claptrap seems to save it. I don't think. Trailer for what? The border show? No, a movie, movie, full movie. on movie. It's got like Kate right. Blanchett and Jamie Lee Curtis, and as I say, Jack Black as Claptrap in it. Uh, oh, and Kevin Hart. I might, I, I might be overstepping a little bit here, but a bit of me like looked at that, that the cast for Borderlands and and was just like, I think they might have 
have they overaged like how you imagined that like the the protagonists from the first Borderlands game were like because everyone looks that cast feels old for like <laughs> well I think that's not necessarily a choice of the like design of the characters as much as like the acting of the actors I, mean, I don't think they were worried about how they look I think they were worried about well, sure, who it is, and it's supposed to be a comedy, and they, well, are, they, are they just trying to say, it's like, oh, we don't have young comedy actors at the moment. Well, not ones that people who like Borderlands like, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. That's maybe maybe, maybe yeah. the market research panned out. I don't know. It just it just didn't feel... That's not how I... in in, And I guess maybe it's hard because of the Borderlands art style. It's not in my head how I... Where I would have put them, <laughs> you know, where I would have placed those characters. Um but do you really even remember the characters of Borderlands as being characters? Well, the no, player like, characters? No, because I, I guess not, because they were only really personified properly in Borderlands 2, right? Yeah. Um, because they made play as other people. kind of not much. One of them specifically, almost intentionally as part of the comedy, <laughs> gets incredibly no characterization mm. and then dies. <laughs> right. I mean, it's all about Lilith, right? That's the. It's the only one that actually matters. Yes. Yeah, the most characterised character. Uh, yeah. So there's that. There's that. There's mm. that. Oh, and and there's a tiny, a, a tiny Tina, and I guess that's the youngest member of the cast. <laughs> um, uh, in other Gearbox news, they're bringing back Gigantic for some reason. I think this is like. <laughs> This might not actually be turned out to be the case, but I feel like they've hilariously re-released it at the exactly wrong moment, like they released it the first time at the wrong moment. Like, they released it the first time just after the peak of MOVAs, and then and the market was saturated and nobody cared. And, and Overwatch was, like, there. Yeah, and other, yeah, similar Because it's a, it's, it's a MOBA shooter, but it's also a hero shooter, yes. right? And didn't they also have Battleborn? Battleborn then? as well, yeah. So they sort of it competed like with the, themselves. It wasn't just MOBAs at that point, it was the MOBA shooter period. Mm. And they, like, they, there was too many in the market, etc., and no one cared. But now, now they're bringing it back, like, just slightly after everyone might have just decided that they don't want live service shooters any longer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So the counter argument to that is like they're looking at Overwatch specifically and going, well, that's in decline. Maybe this is the time we can take some of that. Maybe. Um, favor has, fa- the favour towards Overwatch has run dry, so maybe we can come in and go, well, we can resurrect this old thing and perhaps claim some stragglers, I guess. I mean, to its credit, it sounds like it's ditching all of its microtransactions and, like, well, not not entirely, but like that whole... It being a predatory feeling system, apparently all that's been like re- mostly removed. Everything can be earned through gameplay. There's nothing. There's nothing that's behind a paywall. Mm. Um, uh, that 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 might only be for this release, though. I mean, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in a way, it makes total sense, right? If they want to try and make any, I mean, there are there's presumably systems to get some premium stuff through. Or get some of the stuff quicker if you if you pay money. That that has to be it, right? Because it's coming out as a free to play. So there's, right. so there's, so there's got to be something. But uh, but also, why not? I guess that thing failed hard. If they just want to run it as a free to play game, maybe only you know buy a few a few servers. Maybe not a lot of servers. Probably can't cost a lot to actually run. And see if it's see if it pays itself. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the thing with like these short-term live service games. You go and 
slightly rework them, release them again later, and people go, oh, yeah. But yeah, but that's, I mean, that is what I'm saying, though. Like, it feels like they they could have done that and it would have worked better like two years ago. <laughs> Maybe. I think they Maybe. precisely hit the wrong window. Oh, but two years ago, Overwatch was still big, right? It's Overwatch 2 that was, just killed it. I don't know if it was, really. I mean, Overwatch 2 obviously really fucked it up, mm. but like, I feel like regular Overwatch wasn't... Well, I mean, at that point, everyone was sort of looking for Overwatch 2 coming. Overwatch 2 sounds weird now. <laughs> They're making it so every character can sort of heal themselves. Oh, yes. I mean, the classic... Every character. The classic healer, healing problem. Yeah. No so, one wants to play healers. I, I, did, I really didn't mind playing the healer role. That was, that was kind of fun. Sometimes. Depends on exactly how the healers work. <laughs> sure. I thought people liked that that weird lady who has both heal and hurt beams and orbs. I can't remember her name now. Claimed it was all in the in the in the aid of science. Well, but the trouble <laughs> with that is that what like you're once you're moving away from pure healing into like doing damage and healing, then that's why you make everyone be able to heal because then it's mm. just everyone is that. I guess. <laughs> that's why even in like Guild Wars, like. Every class just has its own healing powers. Sure. Trying to get rid of the monk style, I suppose. Or... People moved on from having a, that much of a dedicated. harshly dedicated role. Mm. But then, like, Overwatch is supposed to be a team shooter. It's supposed to be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, are you, are you, like, backing away from your team mechanics? I think they already kind of did. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's not super much different from TF2, really. Like... As much as that was meant to be a team game, really, um, it was only the medic that was the one that mattered. Sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the roles weren't as well. You could argue the roles weren't as well defined in TF2. It's just everyone, you know, they didn't really have roles per se apart from the medic, right? It was everyone, everyone well, maybe the sniper well, and sure. the spy. Yes. But everyone else was kind the engineer? of just... <laughs> I mean, yes, I think the TF2 roles maybe were more specific, but it, like, it yeah, didn't, okay, they, none but... of them were like critical like i mean but most of the, I, I suppose, yeah okay maybe r- having roles isn't the right word but maybe they didn't have to synergize no right they didn't have to necessarily play a specific way with other classes in order with to, other classes yeah. yeah i mean the engineer was probably the second most like critical to teamwork one like the medic obviously the medic can't function without teamwork there's the pyro sure. and the spy checking that was quite important sure I but not super important like you can handle. I mean, other other players can spy check just as well. It's just like slightly easier with the burning. Whereas, yeah, it becomes obvious once they're on fire. Yeah. Um. But yeah, medic was like critical, and then engineer was like incredibly helpful for team play, just for teleporters and dispensers. Mm. Not even the turret. That didn't really. That part didn't count as much. But then beyond that, it was just like everyone can pretty much do their own thing, more or less. Yeah, it's true that the teleporters and dispensers ended up being more important than the turret. Depends if they managed to find a really sneaky turret place. That's well, it depends shoot. on yeah. the game type. Yeah. If you're playing two for you have a million turrets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. All in that one room. Yeah. <coughs> so anyway, old games. I do, I do kind of miss TF2 a little bit. Uh, 
yeah, it's not like there's something to replace it because you just got Overwatch, right? I guess. <laughs> well, I guess it's a million games, but still. Yeah. It's not like there's a clearly better designed game to play now. No, I mean, I would have, yeah, I would have argued Overwatch 1 was that, but I'm not so convinced now. <laughs> I guess I've never tried it since it went Overwatch 2 myself, but uh, and I'm sure it's still fun, but like, I'm, I'm probably going to, if, if I ever went into it, I'm kind of scared I'm just going to go into it and go, yeah, but now it's not like the original and now I can't play that. <laughs> um, mm. And that would make me sad. <laughs> Like every time you think about Monday Night Combat, oh god, there <laughs> just, we go. just be sad. Yeah, just just be unhappy because there just is no nothing to do. Well, I mean, technically Monday Night Combat you could still play. There's just no one playing it. Sure, yeah, it's like yeah. if you could if you could get a group of six people together, you probably could play that by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of sad. There's no Left for Dead really. That's slightly easier to still get back into. Yeah, I think okay. still, that still flies, right? That's that's still mm. okay. But, it, um, it is weird to go back to. You forget how how weird how the old, function of that game was. I guess how old... Because it's old school PC, I suppose, at this point. Yeah. Right? It's not... Sort of before everything started modernising on PC to sort of match what console was up to. And it's just like it is just old school in certain ways of just like ways you know what no way don't say well yeah that obviously <laughs> but but like uh, you know even just the movement of it feels in that mm. sort of ancient doom esque style of like you just chug along in a very straight way you push the button and you go forward. <laughs> mm. Unless you're getting hit by a zombie. <laughs> Valve FPS, you just chug along. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get to that in Half-Life soon. Half-Life 2. Half-Life 2 videos. Basically Half-Life the same. 2 is a little less insane speed quake skates as Half-Life 1. <laughs> well, it's a bit more normal. Well, sure. Yeah. Kind of. Half-Life 1's hilarious because it is just basically quake movement in a more real- some, somewhat more realistic world. It's a bit weird. Unless you're a speedrunner, in which case Half-Life 2 is nuts. <laughs> Because right. it has a physics engine, mm. and therefore chuck yourself at 200 miles an hour. Yep. <laughs> yep. In other loosely connected gaming news, then. Yeah. Uh, Hideo Kojima has a documentary up on Disney Plus, I think it is. Uh, really? It's an, yeah, an hour long documentary called Connecting Worlds about Death Stranding, like the making of the first game. Okay. I mean, I've got to watch. I mean, it. I've got to watch this, right? Like, it's, yeah, it's, you've got to watch it. I mean, you're the audience for. It. I'm just thinking, like, that's a pretty niche game, even for gamers, in a way. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, who's going to be watching that on Disney Plus? But yeah, sure. We, just to, just to awesome. get in Hideo's head, right? I mean, even even Metal Gearists that aren't into Death Stranding might want to just get some Hideo time. Think about that is like he is very much like one of those quote unquote artists where it's like, well, the art pretty much speaks for itself, doesn't it? Like, sure. if you want to know about it, Kojima, just fucking play the weirdness of Death Stranding, right? <laughs> yeah. Or, or or Metal Gear or any of that. Oh, yeah, watch some Metal Gear cutscenes. What's the point of asking? The, I mean, he's cool and everything and interesting, but like, <laughs> why, why, there's no point asking like David Lynch what's the meaning of this or whatever. It's just, just oh, watch it. He probably <laughs> doesn't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
I mean, I mean, would you be like? I mean, I guess the ultimate disappointment would be like, like you know, you're asking Jima something deep like that, and it's just like because it's cool, <laughs> and it's like, is yeah. that? Like, and if he just, <laughs> well, if, I think that probably is the case. Yeah, yeah I, I, I 100% reckon that is all he's working with. But like, also, like, is that a disappointment if you knew that that was actually what it was? Don't know. I guess it depends on who you are. <laughs> yeah. Risky. Well, give it, give it a shot. Give us a review, a Rob review next time. <laughs> yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Maybe I can be bothered. We'll see. Uh, that's all I've really got for news. It's, um, unless Zach's got some stealth news this week. I don't think so. Oh. Apart from the only other thing that I put on my, my list was just saying that Helldivers 2 is apparently too successful in the way of, well, the same yeah. way as Power World where their servers are just fucked. Yeah, it's just, yeah, they didn't have enough. Don't have enough capacity. But it still didn't score that good. <laughs> Why oh, didn't it? I mean, like in the it's 80s, all right, it's it? fine. Oh, yeah. But like, you 2 is pretty good. I thought that might make you actually want to play that, Zeg. Well, I have been thinking about it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we can I mean, someone, at that. least, like, there's a bunch of people on my Steam list playing it and... The person that I was previously playing Power World with for started playing it, mm. but it looks like I don't. This is I haven't really looked at the game enough to know this, but it seems like it, you can play it solo. Mm. But then, then when I was thinking about, it, I was like, "Do I need another Deep Rock Galactic?" Basically, oh right, yeah, <laughs> it's like it is just another. And then I would be playing it solo again. Because chances of me actually giving enough people together to be able to play it, is this I might have one person for a period of time. Is this the genre that, like, does it count as an extraction shooter? Right? Is that what this falls? Under? I don't know what the actual like end goals of it are. Right? There's going to places and shooting things, but I don't oh, know what they get, like. Oh, you have to get back into a dropship, right? You have to get back to a. But do you have to? Like, can you still succeed on some level even while maybe. sacrificing yourself? <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, that's sort of that. That's Dirk does that, right? You don't have to bring everyone back. Well, you don't have to bring everyone back, yes, but someone still has to survive to actually sure. complete the mission. Yeah, I assume someone has to live. I I don't know. I, from what I've seen about Helldivers 2, I would say that maybe in that world, it's distinctly possible that they wouldn't. And, All right, they wouldn't and care. Require you to live. <laughs> All right. <laughs> It is basically Starship Troopers, isn't it? <laughs> kind of, yeah. And they're leaning into that a bit. So yeah, may- maybe I'll end up getting playing that. I need to ask the one person who's clearly playing it by themselves <laughs> at the moment what their opinion is about whether I should get in. But I don't know. I'd rather play more Dirk. Still, <laughs> wow. really. Well, I mean, I, I, wanna, I, 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 I mean, I'm a bit ravenous for that content drop now. Well, sure. Yeah, I did finally what the next season talking is. about what we've been playing. I guess I did finally finish season four of Dirk. Jeez, not that I've been playing it super much recently, but I did finally reach level 100, which which they patched to allow you to turn off season four, since season five was oh, so okay. far away. Hmm. You can. Hit, once you've once you've got all the way to level 100 then you can turn it off <laughs> how how gracious of them <laughs> for all that grinding you ever seem to like that survivor like the early access for, for 
Deep Rock Galactic Survivors. Yeah, I mean, I watched a couple of videos and it's like, well, yeah, it's just that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it seems, seems to be what you'd expect, but like, but just a quite well what well made one of those. Well, but the trouble is, I feel like there haven't been enough of those to determine what is a probably well made one right, of them sure. yet. <laughs> and well, yeah, maybe the, the, the minor additions of that you can mine that you're a miner. Sure, right, that is that is slightly different, and the. But I also feel like it's risky putting that in early access. That seems like one of those things like roguelikes in general. Where right, it's like yeah. You put that in early access too early and you're going to, everyone's just going to leave before it's done. Yeah. You, yeah, you want to play one of those when it's got the most stuff in it. Yeah. And and minor dribbles of stuff isn't going to draw people back hmm. much. Maybe, but then Vampire Survivors kind of did that when it came out. It wasn't technically early access, but like it came out and then content was there was a whole bunch of free content that dripped into it and then there was some deals yeah but it was already considered a finished product at the start right yeah they 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 were it wasn't early access because of that Mm. it was like they they had a fully yeah there was was a template that they then didn't change and made like binding of isaac or whatever where it's like right you have a full set of items at the start but then there's this dlc and all this other shit then they just add to it yeah Yeah. i don't know i don't know about that But yes, regular dig. How do I finish season four? Come on, season five. June still is all we know about it. Ugh. So it's still quite a way to go. Yeah. And then there's going to be a whole other game as well, obviously, because that's the whole reason season five is taking this long. Yeah. That, that, that can't be any time soon. I think um, they said that they're going to launch at least the early access version of it at the same time as season five. Oh. Kind of, that's the point. Huh. All right. Way sooner than I thought. Uh, well, I mean, from what they've shown of it, it is obviously just using the Dirk engine, hmm. the same cave style, right. you know, all that stuff. So we'll see what actually happens with that. Still don't really know much about that game, apart from being a roguelike, I guess. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Again. <laughs> News. Oh, News. Well, I mean, I guess we watched the Super Bowl as well. <laughs> yeah, we did. News. <laughs> Nothing video game re- relevant there, was there? I don't know. We don't get the American ads. Yeah. There might have been. No. Um, uh, I don't know whether to talk about it in the sense, like, in case people haven't seen it yet. Like, it's been a couple of weeks, I guess, but it was, I, I want to say, particularly good game, I thought, actually. Well, yeah. I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed this one. Yeah. Does it ever make you want to watch more American football than just the Super Bowl? No, no, no I don't think I don't think it ever has. But like, I, watch- like I'm, I'm, I guess I'm interested more in what NFL is to an extent. But like, and and in fairness, like I have occasionally seen a game, and it's like I, I like the idea that watching a, an, a, an NFL match without all the crap, yeah, without all the excess pauses, all the stuff because comes it's out. the Super Bowl, yeah, um, is actually better. Um, but I did that like once and then was like, no, I, I, I don't really want to follow this. <laughs> I don't think. It's like just any like any sport that has, other than F1, that has just too much going on. Like, a, like you know, like club football, for instance. Like I don't really get into that because I guess there's just so many games, right? And so much other stuff happening that it's just like, no, no I, I can't. 
I can't stay into it. Yeah, but that's why if you're when those years when I've got into regular football, mm. as I sometimes do, it's like mm. I'm, I'm not interested in like the league or anything. I'm just interested in mm. seeing the cool goals oh, and shit. Yeah, okay, <laughs> so that, like, that's, yeah, that's a bit goals, different. Yeah. I can get I, I can get behind that. That's like you just yeah, just see the cool stuff or the controversies um, or whatever. Yeah, that's why the highlight shows are fine. It's just sure. like you can watch that. Don't need to watch an actual match that often. Yeah, once in a while maybe. I guess. But then, then I don't feel like I'm necessarily getting the authentic experience. Like I like, I quite like watching Six Nations, for instance, like because it's that little burst of rugby and international rugby, which I find more interesting than club rugby anyway. Well, obviously, yeah. And uh, uh, and it's like that short period of the year where you can actually just get into it for it, and then it, and then it's and then you're good for the rest of the year. Like <laughs> you know, have a breather, come back to it. But I was just like, that's that's how we've just that is what we're talking about in sports. So it's like that's why I only happen to get into football like every now and then, like one mm-hmm. one season every now and then. Never want it continuously. <laughs> it's like the Olympics. You just once every four years, you can watch the watch some of those weird sports that you never watch continuously because yeah, t- once every two years because of the winters and that's and I think and that's, that's but the winters have different sports. Yeah, so that's okay. That's a good cadence. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Get ready for Olympic break dancing or whatever the fuck it is <laughs> coming up. Yep. Olympic just dance. <laughs> and then Ubisoft will win. <laughs> yes. How? The country of Ubisoft. <laughs> I mean, that is technically France. Is it though? I mean, a little bit. I think at this point it might be Canada probably. In terms of actual numbers of people, well, yeah, I mean that would make sense. Also, French. Well, yes. <laughs> also, F one is like I don't know. Uh, yes, there's like twenty four races this year, so it's like it's getting bigger. There's more and more of it than ever before. But it's like it's, but the, the, the race is like there is the one race right there's not like there's like branches of races that like in, in team so there's not a league over here and a league over there or like in american sports right you know the nhl in particular like they have all the they're the conferences in nhl right it's, yeah but that's only due to the scale of the country that's not like that's the only reason that's like that it's like if you took the teams that exist in english football and spread them out over america they'd have to do the same thing maybe but then <laughs> But do you know what I mean? There's just like this one centralised thing, so it's just easier to follow the whole picture. Oh, there's the one race where everybody is every week, and it's and yes, that's, that's fine. That's that's why you pay attention to it that much because, like, it's not like you're continuously watching Formula E and Formula Two and <laughs> all the other ones that no, do happen. No, no, and I guess, <laughs> I guess you, you, you you can do that. It's like I've dipped into the odd Formula E race just to see the weirdness of it. Yeah. Or all the other car racing that goes on continuously all all the time. I mean, there's loads of it, yeah, but not a lot of it is actually broadcast. (laughs) Well, not the channels we get, anyway. (laughs) Bring back truck racing. It's never gone away. No, I bet it's it hasn't. just impossible to yeah. get videos of it. It used to be on Eurosport, like back in the day when Sky was analog, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> that was bad. I think I had a VHS of truck racing at like uh, Branston Hatch or something. But I was right. growing up for some reason. It's crazy. Brands Hatch. 
Brands Hatch, Branston, Branston Pickle, yeah, Branston Pickle Hatch. <laughs> the pickle hatch. I mean, it'll be a pretty good sponsorship, right? If they just change the whole course to uh, Branston Pickle Hatch. Hatch. Yeah. Uh, really no one's really watching anything at Brands Hatch anymore, I don't think, are they? I think some superbike still happens there. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, probably they do track racing, but it's weird having the uh, European cab over trucks racing because they always look like they're going to fall over. Yeah, yeah. But that's the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How does that even work? What do they do to stop them? I suppose they're really bottom heavy. With yeah, their, they, they actually the aren't that unstable. <laughs> no. <laughs> they just look like they should be. They just look it, yeah. <laughs> That's the news. Well, I guess. <laughs> At some point, we'll do Excite Truck for a. Sure. Now that I've actually got for it YouTube. functioning with Wiimotes on emulator, we can yeah. do that. That might be a breather before we do. Yeah, before we get into oh, some other series. Yeah. I might actually have to play more of that in order to unlock some stuff, though. Mm. That's, that's sort of the problem with Excite Truck. It's got like. Yeah, it has actually got, not, got a progression. So, what have you been playing then, Rob? Can you guess <laughs> the same thing Could that you were playing previous podcast? Yeah, well, like a dragon. I'm I'm like 55 hours into Yakuza Zero, Yakuza Zero, like a dragon zero, Ryugakatoko Zero. I don't know how they say <laughs> what the actual Japanese name is, uh, but um, uh, yeah, I mean that. It, I've been doing a lot of grinding, if I'm honest. Like, so I've been sort of, mm. I've been grinding out the mini games and not really progressing the story a whole bunch. Um, uh, so I've I've been making uh, Kiryu become a real estate god. Uh, he makes he makes a lot of money very quickly now, which is quite useful because his abilities are hella expensive in the skill tree at this point. So I need all mm. the monies. Um, but that's taken quite a while to 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 grind out. And while I've well, that's so you basically it's it's kind of like a it's a little bit like an idle game, the real estate thing in in, in for for Kiryu because you kind of set it off and then you go go and do you can go do other things and then you come and collect all the money later and then set it off again. Um, so so I've been doing a bit of that. You go some of the side stuff I've been looking into is uh, you know the slot car racing is obviously back in mm. this. So I've been doing a bit of that as well. Um, but that's identical to how it was in Kiwami. Um, uh, what else have I been doing? Um, doing some of the, the you know the cabaret club game again because Majima has to manage that, and he doesn't make nearly as much money as as Kiryu does because that's his business, right? So Kiryu has the has the real estate, and Majima has the cabaret club stuff, um, mm. and he doesn't make nearly as much money as fast, except for when you beat one of the like local five bad guys right there's there's always in all of these games there's always like the five bad guys of this particular thing and uh when you beat one of those you do get a hefty money bonus for doing it um but that doesn't mean he does yeah the his, his economy is slightly different from kiryu's that means like you get these sudden influxes of a whole bunch of cash rather than like having a nice steady stream that you can you can manage um uh so the, dyna- the dynamics a little bit different um, been doing some fishing, catching me some fish. It's like it's the easiest fishing mini game that I think these games have ever had. <laughs> so that's that's not too arduous to do. Um, you know, just spend all of your billions of yen on a good rod, and then you're sorted. On a rod, <laughs> yep. Um, 
and then you sort it. Um, although I still haven't caught an eel. I've got a sub story where I need to catch an eel or find an eel or buy, you know, acquire an eel somehow. And I don't know how to get this eel. I don't know where the bloody hell does you get eels? Um, <laughs> Um, I found. I did like seeing the bit in the Dunkey video for the new one where it's like it's got the fishing mini game, but then it's also got Sega Bash fishing in the arcade. <laughs> right, clearly, yeah, yeah, clearly superior. Uh, I didn't realize it, but this game actually has like four um, like old school Sega games in it as as its thing. I thought it only had like Space Harrier and and Outrun, but I noticed in the completion list that it actually mentions Fantasy Zone and Super Hang On as well. And I'm like, oh, I need to find where those are. I guess they're in like Majima's area because maybe I, I think I've only done the UFO catching in in Majima's area. Maybe I didn't actually pay attention to what arcade games were actually in the the Sotenbori arcade. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go play some Super Hang On. I think in a bit. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, these these games are consistently pretty funny. I was I was made to. I, I was made to do the creepy telephone game that I told you about last time. Um, uh, whilst Gnome was in the room because it came up as part of a story quest for the oh, for no. the re- for the real estate game, and I'm like, oh no, I'm being forced down this path. Conveniently, her and Bubba fell asleep just before it kicked <laughs> off, so I got <laughs> away. <laughs> nice. It's, it, it's pretty creepy. Um, there's, there's no denying it. Um, uh and there is a, there isn't a cheat right. So, one of the collectibles in this game this time. There's always been a thing in all of the like Yakuza games where you see these like little little shiny dots on the floor, and you can you can there's something to interact with. And this time you're collecting old. Do you remember telephone cards? Like you needed like a, a, like oh, a yeah. weird magnetic card in order to make payphones work. Um, I do remember. So this game like has those as a collectible, but of course they're not just telephone cards. They're telephone cards with ladies on them. And uh, so you're collecting those. And when you find a complete, there's like three of the same lady in a set that you can find in this thing. When you when you find those, you can go watch a video of that lady at the <laughs> video store. Um, and you've got to do that at least once if you want a sweet 15 gamer score. <laughs> so... Oh, when well, did one of those? It's a little bit creepy, you know. You know, in, the, in that sort of like, what do they call them? Jap- gravure idol is that the term they use for Japanese? Like, not quite, not quite porn, shall we call it? Right. Yeah. Um, uh, what's the what's the UK equivalent? Sort of like like glamour model? Is it? Is that is that still a term that's used? Yeah, I, that isn't that what they use for like the page three girls? Kinda. Like yeah. Glamour. Yeah. I mean, there's no actual nudity in this game, but like, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not like it's one of those. But like, still, mm. you're still watching video of someone in their bikini, like maybe shooting a bubble gun. It's a bit weird, and it, but uh, you know, uh, we, I guess you can only look forward to the modern Yakuza games where the cabaret club is entirely FMV, right? <laughs> so they're they're still doing that, oh, I guess. Dear. <laughs> oh, they're God. still they're still doing that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. I mean, it's fun. It's still drawing it, drawing me in. I'm not bored of it. It's like it's, it's a testament to what these games are. In that, okay, I've kind of played this game before. I think more so than maybe some of the other Yakuza games. I think I feel like I've played this one before because it's so much like in between Kiwami One and Kiwami Two, and it's borrowing a lot from both of those games. Or mm. the Kiwami's borrowed from this again. I can't remember which way round it was, but there's there's. Uh, even with the different setting, I feel like I've 
this this is very familiar and yet i'm still quite happy with that <laughs> you know yeah it's, of course um, yeah uh, uh like I, I don't mind that at all um there is the odd there's yeah there's the odd story direction where you're just like oh well, the threads are starting to come together i think I, I think i had mentioned last time i mentioned it i had like a single hint about what the threads would be but now they're very much um okay the gathering know, yeah there's there's a they um, Kiryu is going to Sotenbori, so in theory, him and Majima might be in the same place at the same time, <laughs> which will be entertaining, I'm sure. Because um, I don't, I don't actually know if they properly meet or if they know each other. Because like from what like you, there's a, the, at the very start of the first Yakuza game, there's kind of a interaction between uh, Kiryu and Majima that eventually is what kicks off the whole Majima air and anywhere system in in Kiwami. Um, mm. but like I don't actually I don't know if their paths have crossed before they sort of they're sort of aware of each other at that point but they're not really friends at the start of Yakuza Kiwami if that makes sense so I'm, I'm I'm wondering how much crossover there really will be like maybe they won't maybe they'll just happen to be sort of in the same place and sort of their stories intertwine without the two characters meeting it's kind of intriguing um, it's, you know it's that difficult path to walk when you're a prequel I guess um, without retconning everything that came after <laughs> uh i don't know i love it yeah it's, 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 it's a good game it's a good game i'm having yeah. fun i'm having fun uh i have absolutely no idea how much more of it there is to do <laughs> right <laughs> i mean have you experienced from prior games where it's like you think it's coming to end end and then there's a whole oh nother... definitely yeah it's definitely yeah. done that like like just like oh no that, that storyline you were just doing that's a fake out there's another bad guy yeah you know that yep. kind of thing does that does that all the time um, okay standard um, off the course sometimes multiple times throughout the throughout the <laughs> throughout the runtime um uh so yeah i've got, I've got absolutely absolutely no idea um, and then I'm, I'm already over the hour count for what I put into Yakuza four and five and stuff like that. Mm. And as I, I, yeah, not not sure how close I am to the end. Um, which I guess if you're if you want a if you want a short game, this is not that. <laughs> you kind of do have to engage with all its systems to get the most out of it. Um, mm. Like it, you know. Some, I think I mentioned before. Like I think it's genius how how a lot of the other mini game mechanics kind of feed back into each other. If you do a lot of the sub stories for Kiryu, for instance, you will get uh, managers and advisors that will help you out in the real real estate game. Um, All right. Uh, if you do, oh, that's it, handy. Yeah, if you do sub stories for Majima, you might get some more hostesses for your club. Um, they things feed back into itself, and there's a you do get meaningful upgrades for some systems by just doing stuff there's this completion point system so as you as you as you just do more of the game you earn more completion points and you can trade those in for for other benefits like being able to sprint forever or uh acquiring more hostesses hostesses in majima's case or unlocking a change of decor for your club you know there are things tied that you know there are rewards for just doing things in the game and doing more hmm. of the stuff in the game and it's um yeah it 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 works and encourages you to keep going and keep trying things um although it is getting a bit you know there are some parts of it that are now getting a bit stale for me i don't really want to have to play pool anymore because i don't think its implementation of pool is very good <laughs> you know it's not it's not like virtual pool like it was back in the day yeah. or and it's not uh whatever whatever modern day pool simulation is it's definitely not that it's pretty crude 
Uh, so I'd kind of rather not do those. But occasionally, how much do is there of that then? Uh, I mean, there's not a lot in this case. There's not a lot mandatory. I've only come. I've only had to do it once so far. Mm. But I'm pretty much every Yakuza game has one mandatory pool game you have to do. I think um, I haven't come across the bit where I have to play darts yet, and bowling hasn't been mandatory. Although there is a sub story tied to it, so go go bowl. And it's the same bowling game that's been in the last four of them or something. So it's like, okay, fine, it's here. I'll just I'll just have to play this a bunch. Um You know, so there are some things that are reused perhaps a little too much. I think the baseball game is probably the weakest it's been in this one. It's just not that interesting. Um there's some completion targets around doing the baseball game, but I haven't I haven't stumbled upon a sub story related to it yet, so that's fine. Um yeah, so maybe maybe some elements are starting to run a bit stale with me, but it's um, uh, but those are just parts of the whole. It's a good game. Uh, there's one other thing I've sort of dabbled with uh, yeah. a little bit, and that is Ridge Racer 3D <laughs> on the 3DS. Uh, not okay. a music player though. <laughs> not a music player, but like that demo. Back in the day, like the, the that thing where it was just like it was just a spinning car with music playing, whatever on the three D right at the start of the three years. Oh, I don't even remember that. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that. that, that whatever that was, sort of weird. I guess Ridge Racer had to launch on the console, but they didn't have a Ridge Racer game ready for it yet. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's always been weird like little demos like that, especially on the three years. I mean, and the DS. You remember Metroid Hunters? <laughs> oh god, yeah. <laughs> the classic what the hell is this thing? Well, they did, did, did Oh, did they turn that into a game? Yeah, at they all? did it. Yeah. It was it was an actual game, not just a weird tech demo demo. Yeah, because it was yeah, there was a packing cartridge was just a demo, right? Yes. Uh yeah. Anyway, Ridge Racer 3D. It's kind of cut from the modern Ridge Racer cloth, so it's got the nitrous system. Um that turned up like since from the PSP version onwards, um, so it's got a bit of that. Um, oh yeah, it's kind of it's like like a lot of these portable Ridge Racer games. It's like a a retread of like old courses, which is no bad thing because Ridge Racer generally has pretty cool tracks. Um, uh, so there's there's the, there's the the Ridge Racer track is there. Um, there's some stuff. There's the Revo- one of the tracks from Revolution. Um, I think there's some Rage Racer stuff. Um, which is, I mean, this that's particular cool to me. Like Rage Racer really isn't retread all that much by by the Ridge Racer series. So the fact that they've got a couple of couple of tracks from that there is is neat. I like that. Give Rage Racer some love. It's um, uh, it's a decent entry in the series. Overlooked. Mm. Um. Uh. But ultimately, I don't know that it, this one's really pushing the right pushing my buttons right it's it's everything yeah. feels very surface level right but i'm not sure it feels quite right like so it's the, the magic the, yeah the drifting is very smooth in this like it's not the weird sudden i'm suddenly drifting kind of like snap click. into the like, drifting yeah, yeah it does it like it's 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 still doing that same trick where you don't really have to be facing the right way while drifting it's still ridge racer at, 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 at its heart but um uh, the way it transitions in and out of that is now very smooth and mm. very predictable. Um, and as a result, I don't know if there's a skill ceiling to this in the sense that it feels incredibly easy right now. Um, 
just very, very, very easy. Um, uh, and I'm only like, there's, it's, there's quite a lot of races to do. There's quite a lot of tournaments to do before you actually start unlocking. I haven't actually unlocked faster speed class yet. I'm still in what it calls category four, which is the slowest class. Um, hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of dying for it to get a bit quicker, actually, because it's, it's fine. It plays okay, but it's just not, there is no challenge. There's no, it's a bit boring. Hmm. Hmm. And Ridge Racer, that's the one thing Ridge Racer shouldn't yeah, be. Should it's not boring. Be, yeah. Um, uh, and, I, and I guess Ridge Racer 6 did suffer from this a little bit as well because Ridge Racer 6 had a massive yeah. map of the things to do. Then. Yeah, and it and you progressed pretty slowly through it. The giant um, hexagon field. Yeah, field. yeah. Is and I right, like, or is that Wipeout? No, no, no you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, Wipeout Omega, Omega Collection does that as well, right? Um, mm. um, with the 2049 series, um, the Vita stuff. But but no, the yeah, the hex Mac was definitely a Ridge Racer Six thing. Um and I quite like Ridge Racer Six and I did that whole bloody thing, but yeah, that is a slow progression. Um and I think and I think this has the same a similar problem. Um Yeah, I just want it to be more difficult. And the other sort of let let down a little bit is that the uh well we're talking about the sort of meta side of it. Is that the the new the new tracks they've added the one the ones that I think are original or at least I don't recognise them from another Ridge Racer they suck <laughs> I mean not even not from a like they're awkward like the tracks mm. the tracks that were added to Ridge Racer sixty four for instance those were kind of awkward and not and not great um, uh, <laughs> I agree Miles uh, <laughs> they were laughable um, they were yeah, I mean they were they were all right they, to, to put that in perspective that, that that those are the sort of like canyon tracks right the ones that had that, that zigzag section that was impossible to drive through properly you had to drift it in a stupid manner yeah um, and that was the only way to get around that bit of track um, these are just boring like they're incredibly wide tracks with like next to no actual turns in it you can pretty much do a lap without drifting <laughs> so in, in in order to make it interesting and i think in order to like get better times you're trying to make yourself drift to build up some nitrous so you can use that and it's hmm. it, yeah and, and i think maybe that's actually the trick right you've just got to be drifting all you've got to be mario karting all over the place you've got to be snake drifting in order to <laughs> build up nitrous and go even faster maybe that'll get more interesting in the higher categories as like as maybe a weird technique you have to employ to actually do well on those races, but as it stands, they suck, um, and they're long as well. They're the longest right. tracks in the yeah. game, so it's like long it's, and boring. Yeah. yeah, um, and I think also like I don't I can't remember if this is true of all of the modern ridge races, where the snappiness of just your normal driving is reduced. So I can't. At the moment, I can't drive the classic Ridge Racer track as I've always driven the classic Ridge Racer track. Like, there are turns you can't get round by just steering. Um, oh, okay. You, you have because to drift of the them. way it handles. Right? Yeah. Um, so you're drifting most corners uh, in this. And so, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Change the handling model, give a bit of fresh life to the game, sure. But I like that balance. I like the fact that, like, there are turns that are faster to take by not drifting. Um, if, if you can, if you can be precise with your lines, then you can keep your speed up because drifting reduces your speed. But then that's also counterbalanced in this by the fact that collisions are way less bad. 
Like you can scrape the wall a few times and not really be penalized as much. Whereas in like classic Ridge Racer, hitting the wall is like, oh, that's that's dramatic. That's bad. Yeah. I, need to, I need to not do that. Um, here it's not it's not it's not so bad. And the same is true of like car collisions as well. They're not nearly as impactful as they were as as they normally are. Um, and maybe that's just to. I don't know, maybe they're sort of making some reductions in difficulty because it's a handheld game, right? It's a bit more casual. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, like, so some of the ridge raciness isn't really here. Present, um, yeah. Uh, and so I'm, I'm so I'm liking it a little less. Um, that's not to say it isn't well presented. It is presented well. It's got a pretty good and very varied soundtrack. And they also throw in some old soundtrack stuff as well. So there's some music from Rage Racer thumbs up there's some music from the original ridge racer there's some music from ridge racer type 4 also thumbs up so they're, they're like the the soundtrack is pretty broad um and that's great um do that um also the 3d effect is a little too strong oh classic like, if, you t- if you turn your 3d all the way up it feels too 3d never turn your 3d all the way up <laughs> some games do it well some games that's where that should be but like definitely not here that is it is it is it's excessive um uh and and not a great way to play it and i don't think it blends particularly i don't think having it in 3d mode blends particularly well with its boost effect because it does the classic old school motion blur right you know like where it literally just holds the last frame for a bit right rather than it being true motion blur um uh so that looks a bit weird in 3d Mm. (laughs) um uh and also, just to add a slight bit of insult to injury on the presentation front, it's not a perfect frame rate. There are times where it dips, and that is sacrilege for a Ridge Racer game. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, it holds 30 for the vast majority of the time. It's a handheld game. I'm not expecting it to run at 60. Um, it's, it's on the 3DS. I'm definitely not expecting it to run at 60. Um, but... Uh, uh, yeah, there are. It's it's on those. It's on the new tracks as well. The old tracks, which have obviously been vamped up and re and redone to to look good. It's like they seem to run fine. It's the new tracks, the ones that were made for the game, that seem to have the odd performance dip. Um, which is also quite weird. Anyway, it's still pretty. I know it's been a Rob review. <laughs> it's still yeah. pretty good, but it's like, but it's. It's not it's, the it's not working one for of me. the series that you would choose. Yeah, it's not working for me like a Ridge Racer normally does. Hmm. Which is weird because, like, if you like, I don't know. I've, I've seen over the years like quite a few ranking of Ridge Racers, and like this one doesn't do badly on most people's list. And it's like I'm a little surprised that I'm not enjoying it as much as I normally would. Well, maybe it's just giving Ma- bonus points for being a portable game. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe I'm just too much of a purist and I prefer the originals over modern. You know, because I've pretty recently played all of the old ones. <laughs> well, right? I mean, I'm sure so, that doesn't help. No. <laughs> Particularly fond of Rage Racer, uh, which is like the most old school. Well, okay. The drifting in Rage Racer sucks. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. That's that's that its weakest element, which is a bit weird for a Rage Racer game. But I really like Rage Racer's hat, like driving, just generally. It's it's way more of a challenge than the others. Um, yeah, that's Rage Racer 3D, and that's pretty much all I've been doing. Rage Racer 3D, the Rob review. <laughs> How long do you have to wait for that? A few years. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, God, I, well, I don't even know. It's over a decade old, I think, that game. <laughs> yeah, good one, though. Cool. Uh, what about you, Zachary Burgess? Uh, other than what you've already said. Yes. <laughs> but let's, let's elaborate. Well, I mean, I do need to maybe go back and talk about all those demos that we skipped over last time. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah we ran out a bit of time. time. Except now that I've come to look at the actual notes I took about them, maybe I don't want to actually talk about much of them. <laughs> okay. Uh, are even the notes not interesting? Well, I was trying, it's like, I don't think necessarily some of these have much to say. Like, Final Factory is like Factorio in space, basically. <laughs> And, and, and that might be kind of it. And not a Japanese RPG mechanic in sight? No. No, that's disappointing. The the one thing that it does slightly different is, which is, it could be cool, but it's one of those things where it's like, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like it's the point of the game. It feels like it's just some extra systems that got shoved in. Mm. Whereas like, because you're in space, it, you're building little like space stations and the space stations have like, it, the like different modules can generate heat so you need like radiator panels and they have like a limit to structural stability so they can only be so big so you have to build like little compact stations to do one thing and then ship the items to another little station that does us the mm. next step in the process or whatever which is like that's the factory design gameplay challenge of that game sure. but like once you sort of the trouble is that I think the problem might be that it doesn't restrict you enough within that system. Like, you can just build a, like, a building and just put a solar panel on it and then that's it. <laughs> like, and then you can just have an infinite number of those. Hmm. Like, you don't, you don't actually necessarily have to worry about the stability of a station because you can have each individual building be an independent station, basically. And therefore, they never hit the stability limit because they're all independent. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's sort it kind of maybe doesn't mash that system together enough. There is sort of, it might be out of the scope of the demo, but like later on, you do get it in a demo, but it doesn't, you don't necessarily see the use for it much in the demo, but you get the ability to have the stations move so you can actually have the whole thing just shift around mm. rather than, so instead of maybe instead of shifting along these little logistic routes using these little shuttle ships, maybe you could just move the whole factory at a certain point. But like, and then that gives you a reason to build a big factory and worry about the stability and all that stuff. Mm. Cause then you can just move the whole thing rather than have all these little tiny bits all over the place. But, right. Right. But I don't know. That is like that. The, those systems seem like they would be cool, but maybe the game doesn't really lead into them that much. Or maybe it's just like you don't see it until later in the tech tree that's beyond where the demo is, maybe. Well, they speaking of the tech tree, it's another one of the... <laughs> it's another classic case of like you look at the tech tree and it's just Factorio and I'm like, oh, right. people need to maybe start thinking of some new ideas, maybe. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because <laughs> it's like you can see the exact same progression of like, oh, here's... And then at the end, it's like you launch the rocket, except in this game, you're launching the rocket into a black hole because <laughs> that's how you move on to the next area. Right. And it's just like, yeah, that's the end of the tech tree is always launching a rocket. Yeah. <laughs> in all of these games, well, even the ones that I do like. In, well, in most strategy games ever, right? That's <laughs> well, yeah. In most 4X games, it's launched the rocket. Well, Civilization, I guess. Yeah. This is one of the one of the choices. Even Captain of Industry, it's launched a rocket. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that is that game. It's just like it's a it's it's another factory game which has, seems like it has some cool ideas, but maybe the cool ideas aren't 
integral enough to the actual game. <laughs> no, I just suddenly thought of this. Two Point Campus should really do a Hogwarts tie-in. I mean, it was kind of already that because you could, they had. The, I mean, they, they have the parody, yeah. right? But they should just lean, fully lean in and do like some DLC. That's yeah, but you you wouldn't the, they because they already have the parody. You wouldn't be able to put real Hogwarts into the game. It'll be, it'll be kind of a, like you'd have to treat it a bit like a, an old school total conversion, right? Like so, like they changed the. Well, yeah, but then that, I don't think that's what you do with DLC, really. Especially not for a game like that. Mm, maybe I don't know for a mod. I think they would. I think they would if they could. <laughs> I don't think they. I don't think they'd want non-parody DLC. Like maybe. I think if you were going, to, you'd have to parody something else and make another parody. I did see they tweeted the other day. Like there was some. Some for some reason put a picture of like an awkward cubby in a in, that, that was in like a, a hallway or something. <laughs> right, and it was just just an, and the, the tweet was basically like asking, "What am I going to do with this space?" And they retweeted it with a picture of a cheesy Govins vending machine. In it. Obviously, <laughs> that's pretty much how it, like, that's how that was even back in female school. Every time you get one of those little weird like one square zigzags where it's like yeah, well, yeah, the rooms yeah. have to be square, so there's going to be this little extra space, just shove a vending, shove a vending machine. machine in it, yeah. or alternatively block it off with benches to make sure no one passes into it. <laughs> My trick in like two point hospital, if I ever ended up with like a pointless one thin corridor, like uh, and I couldn't be asked to extend the extend the rooms right to fill it, is I would just put a phone box uh, or a telephone right at the very end, and it's like, well, this is the privacy corridor. <laughs> like, that's the most private angle. <laughs> Unless someone else walks down there, in which case it becomes very unbright, yeah, and then you get mashed right next to each other. <laughs> So that was Final Factory. Uh, what other demos did I play? Uh, I played Lightyear Frontier, which is basically um, a farming game in space, I guess. Like a Stardew-esque farming thing. Okay. I mean, obviously it's 3D, not, not Stardew-esque in that way, but you're building a farm. Actual Stardew. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And then it, it, people, the way people have talked about it and maybe even the advertising of it is trying to imply that like, oh, it's like farming, but you have a mech and it's like, that really doesn't change much. Well, no, actually, that's just a change of the art. <laughs> well, it's just like it's a change of the scale of objects. Right, like you, yeah. It is kind of weird when you actually get out of the mech and you're like, wow, that you are everything is actually huge, <laughs> right. but you don't realise because you're in the mech race the time. <laughs> Giant corn. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, it's like it man-sized is a, corn on the cob. It is what uh, like a fairly simple farming thing, and once again, the the changes that they've tried to make to mix up the formula, apart from the mech, obviously, I is like are mechanics that I don't feel the impact of. Like one of the things it does, it seems to be slightly leaning into like the ecological, like repairing the planet kind of mm. thing, where it's like. Maybe because maybe because of you, because of whatever the story might be, but like areas of the map are all fucked up, and like you go in there and like clean all the sludge up with your water gun or whatever, your irrigation gun, I suppose. Farm to de harm. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, but like so, it it has that, and that seems to maybe it's hard to tell from the demo, but that might be to like basically how you unlock new areas of the map to use and therefore new resources. Like, it seems like the resources don't spawn until you've cleaned up the area, basically. Mm. So there's that kind of progress. But then in areas you already have access to, the resource nodes regenerate 
on like a daily cycle or whatever. But if you if you go around and feed all the local wildlife in that area, then it gives you a bonus to the regeneration of the resources. Okay. Hmm. Except, I uh, it obviously it's hard to tell from the early game which the demo is, but like there didn't seem to be any reason that you would want to do that. Like the amount of resources you can get at the speed they naturally respawn was more than enough. That's fine, right? <laughs> it's like it's a good idea, kind of, to have this like thing you do daily in a farming game, obviously. That kind of, you know, makes sense. But the actual reward for doing it is something you don't need. <laughs> Irrigate to mitigate? I think you're going to have problems if everything rise of eight. <laughs> it's a bit too simple. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. And cultivate to... Cultivate to annihilate. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's the end game. Maybe it's the other way, which, which, which would be cultivate to regenerate, surely. Could be. You don't know what the story is. Speaking of a story, this is games that I will be playing in the future, probably, but they finally... Spoilers! They finally announced that Satisfactory is actually for real going to come out. What? And therefore it's going to have its story implemented so we can actually find out what, what you're actually doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The whole reason for this whole thing what? and what all the alien artifacts are for. What are you doing? Because they've... They've been in the game ever since the alpha, but their tooltip has always said work in progress. And it's just like, what are these for? What are they going to be for? And there is this one like specific type of ore you can mine that doesn't do anything as well. Specific. What is the end game story? What is the dumb corporate like <laughs> thing that's going to happen? I've already, I've always suspected that, like, you're because you're putting shit up that space elevator all the time to some unknown purpose. Mm. They're building something mm. up there, and I've, I've always suspected it's just going to be like a giant space billboard or something. <laughs> right, <laughs> that'd be pretty funny. That does seem like how that game's humor might go. <laughs> you're building all these goddamn giant nuclear power plants at the end of the game, and it's just going to be a giant space billboard, <laughs> a huge advert. And that's it. So that's coming up maybe this year. Livestock to uncock. <laughs> uh, and then the third of these demos was, it's a new, I guess it's a new version of a game I played before at some point, probably maybe talked about on the podcast, but I don't remember, called Terratech. This one's called Terratech. Oh, yeah, I think you have mentioned it. This one's called Terratech Worlds. Mm. But as far as I can see, it's basically the exact same game again. No. <laughs> Which is like, why is this a new game exactly? Is it bigger? Because it's more world Hard to tell world-er. because it's a demo, so you don't have mm. access to much. It does seem to imply that there are like planets and then the planets have like biomes on them. So there is like some mm. kind of like, at some point you're going to jump between the planets and that's going to restrict your access to different resources, presumably based on the biomes mm. of that planet and that kind of thing. But apart from that, it's mostly the same game where you are you build these little vehicles that have to fight other vehicles, but like the other vehicles are just randomly spawned around the map, and you just like run into them and shoot them, and then steal all their parts or whatever. It functions basically exactly the same as it used to, which is again like it has some cool idea of like shoot the enemies and steal their parts, and then use them to upgrade your vehicle and that kind of thing. Mm. But like because it's all just randomly generated. And you're just, like, obviously the further away you go from your starting location, the harder the enemies are going to be or whatever. And it's just like, there's no tactics to it or anything. 
you just build whatever you can. You build the biggest thing you can afford to that will outclass the enemies and then destroy them and steal whatever bits are good and then keep doing that over and over. And the actual design, you know, functionality of the vehicles doesn't seem very, you know, uh, like clever. Right. There's no real. There's, there's a truck. There's a couple of little things where it's like you, you know you get a special block that is the gun mount, and if you put the guns on it, it makes the guns better rather than mm. attaching them to any other block. So you could like design your vehicle around that or whatever. A truck to unfuck. <laughs> Not in this game. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't know what the ecological situation is on these lands or why you're doing any of this. <laughs> there does seem to be weird like industrial ruins around the place that suggest like something went wrong. Like they were trying to terraform it and it didn't. Or something along those lines. And then the other thing, which this weirdly ties about Terratech, which weirdly ties into Factorio somehow due to a recent, this Friday's like Friday blog post from Factorio. So in Terratech, in this demo, the planet you're on in the first biome you start in, what? yeah i think in the first five you start in or at least one that's very adjacent to the one you start in has lightning storms that basically destroy shit and the lightning kind of homes in on you maybe because you're made of metal but also because it's a game Mm. (laughs) where like if you're standing still you are going to get hit by lightning very frequently and it just destroys your shit and it's really annoying and therefore, you are like you're in this situation where you're looking at the texture and be like, "How soon can I get a lightning rod?" Mm. And it's not goddamn soon enough. Is the answer? <laughs> right. So it, it came to the point where it's like, as soon as the lightning storms started up, I just like park on the repair pad in my base and then just have the lightning oh, hit me, it. and then it would just repair me immediately. Right. It's like this is not a good gameplay mechanic. <laughs> this is just annoying. And then even when you get the lightning rod, it still kind of sucks because like. Counterintuitively, or maybe counterintuitively, you have to you have to push the button to deploy the lightning rod, but then it has like a cooldown where you can only hold the lightning rod in its deployed state for a few seconds before it has to stop and cool down. Mm. So even when you're in the lightning storm, you're having to be like, okay, here comes the lightning, turn on the lightning rod, and then you wait for the lightning strike, and then it's like, okay, undeploy the lightning rod and wait for it to cool down quickly before the next lightning strike comes. Mm. It's like this is this is not a good system either actually mitigate the problem <laughs> no it just makes it annoying in a different way an active way you level that thing up so it's less annoying I, well don't know from the demo you can get like the version that you put on your base to protect your base and that seems to just be a permanent defense for the area around your base i guess but that doesn't really help when you're wanting to drive your vehicle around all the time mm. <laughs> protect your board with a lightning rod yep but in relation to Factorio, weirdly, this most recent Friday blog post about the expansion that's coming, they they talked about one of the new planets, which is going to basically have that same thing. It's like it's a planet that's got lightning storms all the time and they'll destroy your shit if it's not protected by lightning rods. Right. Although in the Factorio case, it's trying to make it slightly more... It's trying to... when you first land on the planet there's like alien runes that naturally attract the lightning or have their own lightning rods so that like creates a zone in which it's safe to build initially so it's like it's restricting your access to land basically Mm. in a kind of interesting way and then you know you develop the lightning rod tech and then because it's factory you just integrate that into your 
blueprints probably you just stamp them down and there's always a lightning rod and that's mm. that and then obviously it, in factorio's version it feeds the energy into the power grid so your actual oh you're actually benefiting yeah you're yeah. right it seems like on that planet one of the main power sources might be the lightning because it's kind of designed so it's like you have these islands that are in a like a, a sort of an oil ocean it's like sandy oil but like you can't build on on the oily area, so your power grids are going to be these separate little islands. But then you can build rail over the over the oil, so it's going to be about having like small power grids that are basically powered by the lightning, and then connecting those bits by train, or at least that's the intention. Hmm. So yes, in fact, where it's I, I thought it was funny because the first video they showed where it's like for demonstration purposes, the lightning strike rate and damage has been increased in this video. And I was like, yeah, that just reminds me of Teradek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that looks exactly how that went. Really annoying. Destroys all your shit real quick. But in fact, where at least it's like they have a gameplay mechanic to deal with it in a sane way, in a less annoying way. Mm. Lightning rods that actually work all the time. <laughs> well, maybe all the time. I guess I don't know. I guess I don't know what the mechanic... I suppose well, yeah, you could do, like do overload to, them or something. Or do you have to provide... Yeah, do you have to provide some sort of material to them to keep them oh, in yeah. tip-top condition? Maybe. I wouldn't have thought so. I think in like the way Factorio works, they don't really use just maintenance in that way, mm. like constantly putting things into a building just to keep it working, unless it's like a fuel, obviously. But that's a different that's a different thing. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see about Factorio's expansion. That's still coming <laughs> this year, yeah, theoretically. Coming. People are still like weirdly unsure about whether they'll like it or not hmm. a lot of the times you'll see people complaining is about that weird or is that just like not, like not knowing what it is well i mean it's because they're talking about these details of it and it feels like every time they make one of these blog posts where they talk about a detail of the new systems like the quality or the new the different mechanics on these different planets it's it's hard to tell whether you're just not seeing the whole picture because they're not talking about it yet, right? Because mm. obviously they want to trickle out the information and build the hype or whatever, or maybe they're still working on the fucking stuff because it's not done yet. Sure. So you don't necessarily have the full picture of how all these, how all these systems set together, sit together. And also that's like literally in, in some cases where it's like, They'll say, oh, you don't unlock landfill until late game and or cliff explosives until late game, which requires you to get, go to one of these other planets. So it's like, now it'll be super late game rather than the cliff explosives and landfill are more like mid game in regular Factorio. Mm. And one of the things people always bitch about in regular Factorio is how much the cliffs suck, but you can just turn them off. Right. But now in the expansion... We're going to need them. Well, the cliffs are like part of the environmental challenge of these other planets. Mm. So that's why they can't give you the cliff explosives early game. They have to give it to you late game. So you can't just override the whole challenge challenge of the DLC. Mm. But then that's going to piss off everyone, even on the starter planet, who like, now you have to have the cliffs there as well. Yeah. Tough luck. You've got to deal with it. So yeah, it's, it's like they'll say things like that where they're like we've moved the cliff explosives way further into the tech tree but because you don't have the full context of how everything works it's hard to say whether that's going to be good or bad Mm. (laughs) 
And that seems to apply to everything they've talked about. All these other mechanics, like the lightning rods, where it's just like, but won't that just mean I'll have to put lightning rods in a white blueprint? It's like, well, yeah, kind of, except because these islands are so small, you maybe are not going to have much space to work with, so you won't just be able to use your regular blueprints. But then that's going to piss everyone off, because it's like, why can't I just use my blueprints that I've used every time to make the same thing? Because there's a cliff in the way. Yeah, exactly. And then you can't have cliffing spaces to blow it up, or there's all this oil sand in the way or whatever. (laughs) There's, there's, I think oh the, no, we gave you a challenge. Yeah, I, like every time someone's like that reliant on blueprints, there's one YouTuber that I've seen occasionally who plays Factorio quite often and they play it through, almost entirely through blueprints. Mm. They just have the set of blueprints that they've had every time and they just import it into every new... Well, you don't even have to in Factorio, it's just default. Just it's just yeah. saved your like user, essentially, mm. your library of blueprints. And they just use those every time. It's like... I mean, yes, that's technically fine for Factorio when you've solved the, the challenges because you're not going to solve it in a different way. There's only so many different... You can't really... Once you've made the good blueprints yes that's fine you're obviously going to use them mm. that's why mods exist and stuff right to give you those different challenges sure, yeah. so now that we're coming to the expansion which is basically that it is just space exploration of the mod but now for real mm. you shouldn't be able to use all your blueprints you should actually have to do some work and design new things that's kind of the point yeah maybe yeah, it's a bit different in this case, though, right? Because your old blueprints do technically still work, but there's things in the way. So, like, even if you, you can't just make a new blueprint, right, for all cases. <coughs> well, yeah, that is the sort of problem is that, like, because of the randomly generated terrain or whatever, you won't just be able to make a big block and just shove it. Or, mm. Well, you might be able to if you can find the space to do it, but it won't be like you can just copy and paste the huge factory as easily. It's going to be... That is what some people are more complaining about is the idea that everything is going to be spaghetti now. Mm. No more main bus, the old classic way of running Factorio. Now you're going to have to spaghetti everything and everything is going to have to be carefully made to fit into the precise shapes of these islands of land or whatever, Mm. which some people are less agreeable to. But Again, it's just another chance. Well, yes, but like... That that manually making everything is why blueprints exist, right? Because, like, you do just want to copy and paste at a certain point. And if it is that much manual work to have to adjust everything to fit into every space, that kind of is why not having blueprints is, not, is why Satisfactory was annoying before they eventually decided to put their system of blueprints in. Mm. Where it's like when you've got to build. 20 of the exact same thing by hand and in Satisfactory's case it is the exact same thing because there's no restrictions on like stuff getting in the way you just have to manually do it and that sucks and that's why blueprints exist sure. <laughs> yeah I don't know maybe, maybe I guess maybe the scale of Factorio it's a bit different but I'm just sort of thinking what's what's the equivalent I've had recently say like, oh yeah how often do I actually use auto build in Tears of the Kingdom it's like not all that often <laughs> yeah well that's a different problem in yeah. that game <laughs> That's because the vehicles aren't actually that useful in the kingdom. <laughs> Unfortunately. Not as useful as you'd want them to be, mm. at least. So that was demos. Uh, and then mainly all I've actually been playing, apart from some Derg and Rocket League and stuff, it was just a ton more Dyson Sphere program. Getting into the real, actual late game. Mm. 
Yeah. <laughs> Although saying that I'm getting into the real actual late game, it's like I've finally started building the third Dyson Sphere. <laughs> the actual number three. Although this one I specifically made like much bigger, which means it's taking a long time because I actually don't produce that many rockets per minute or whatever to actually build the thing. And that's something that I do need to scale up. But then I'm in the midst of like, I've just... Well, I've, I think rockets might be the next thing I do scale up, but I'm, I've just sort of finished scaling up science, the science factory. <laughs> which... The science factory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that was... I, I, that was a... Well, I mean, I, this is the thing that I haven't got to the point in, in Dyson Sphere Program where I have made all the blueprints... Where it's like now I am getting to the point where it's like now I just have the blueprints for the each segment of the science factory that you can just paste onto a planet and then just build a new version of it, mm. and it's all nicely you know load balanced. So it, you paste two green segments and one purple segment, and then those are make six of each color of science, and then that's it. You just copy that over and over. A color of science. <laughs> But yeah, I started building the third Dyson Sphere specifically, basically to make antimatter because that's the most energy intensive process, obviously. So I was like, I need to build the, I need to basically have one star system that almost the only point of it is just to make antimatter. So it's got to have a huge, Dyson, hugely expensive and power capacity Dyson Sphere. And then like the planet is just going to make antimatter because antimatter is used in the science in the final tier of science so you need a ton of it and it can also like power your base i guess but i rarely use that because you have all these dyson spheres because <laughs> you can just build a dyson sphere in every, yeah, system, in every star power. system yeah it is sort of useful to use the antimatter for like mining outposts if you don't want to build an entire dyson sphere just to power a mining base you just use the artificial stars instead which is just a a power plant building basically hmm. but it's powered by the antimatter but yeah but no man's sky taught me that antimatter was easy to make well i mean it, it is pretty easy to make oh, okay. like you just collect the photons from the dyson sphere ray ray transmitters and then just put it into matter and antimatter <laughs> that's it you just need a bunch of particle collider buildings that use a lot of power themselves which again why you need the dyson sphere you need a shit ton of power to make the photons. You need a shit ton of power to run the buildings to turn the photons into antimatter. Somehow. Unspecified science. <laughs> I'm going, this is going to sound... This is, this is going to bring out my... My ignorance on, on antimatter. So it's like... Presumably, right? Like, I know games simplify this to just call it just antimatter, yeah. right? But does this mean you get, like... Because it's just matter, does that mean you're like anti-equivalent of anything, like 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 anti-elements? Well, yeah, yeah. But like, even in even in games like Dyson Sphere Program, where it's obviously the ridiculous science, they're still only basically making anti-hydrogen. Right. They're, they're not making right, anything right. more complicated than that. Mm. Maybe because they're not really anything. Like, even if you could make whole anti molecules or whatever what would you do with it you do yeah, well, the same thing yeah, you always well, do with antimatter which is just mash it into regular matter and get a bunch it. of energy yeah <laughs> i guess I'd... it's just energy storage then in yeah that sense. basically 
especially in this game where you are literally pulling the energy out out of the Dyson sphere and converting it into antimatter essentially I guess my question would be like in a if so if you were living in a universe that was like a nega universe where actually you're yeah. the antimatter could you tell the difference I, yeah. think, I think no is might be the answer i think yeah with, with the anti-elements the behave the same well way. i think i think the answer is actually not even you don't even need to be in a different universe if you're if you're talking to an alien mm. that's far away in our universe you wouldn't be able to tell whether they were made of antimatter or not yeah <laughs> which they could be it's just very unlikely right yeah but they could be a whole galaxy made of antimatter as long as it doesn't run into any matter <laughs> gotcha but yeah, so I, I built this third Dyson Sphere. I deliberately made this one extra big because I was like, obviously I need the power source, but I also built it around like a blue giant. So it's already making extra energy. Although <laughs> I think I've mentioned this before about Dyson Sphere program. It's dumb because like the bigger you build the sphere, the more energy it makes, which doesn't make any sense. Because <laughs> like... That's well, not how that uh, works. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you're still capturing the exact same amount of energy because it's a star and you're capturing all the energy coming off it. I mean, I guess it's implying that, that your your energy capturing equipment isn't good enough to capture all the energy hitting it. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, if you were thinking about it in a more realistic way, it's like if you built a really small one, it would be real difficult because the amount of energy per, like, square inch or whatever would be so much higher. Sure, yeah. So it would be more difficult to manage. You'd need some hella gear. But yeah, you can. The fact that the bigger the sphere is, it just gives you more power. Is slightly weird. Mm. But yeah, I deliberately built this one big. I think I may have even built it too big, even though I was intending to build it big. Like it's taking a long time to build, and it's also like so many fucking rockets to make it. And also, it's it's powering. It's making way more power than I need for the antimatter that I'm making already, and it's only the frame. Like, there's no none of the actual solar panel parts in there yet, because mm. <laughs> you get some energy just from the frame parts. They include solar panels, I guess. But yeah, I built that is my third sphere, and that also has finally like confirmed that the enemies do aggro on this on the energy coming off the sphere like in proportion to the amount of energy like the the enemies in this system are aggroing much faster than the enemies in my home system that i was using as an experiment because i built a tiny sphere there just to basically maintain that base while i'm not there like it puts out the power to power that entire system but it's like there's virtually nothing happening over there so it can mm. be really small and that has slowly been aggroing those enemies, but like in this system, the enemies are aggroing all the time. And this is also, it's sort of a race now between my my starter system that's been doing this for the whole game versus this new system, but they're both depleting the fleets of the enemy base. And I think they might run out at pretty much exactly the same time. So I, I might be able to clear both of those hives. Mm. See what that's like. See what the actual clearing of the hive is once the fleet's out of the way. I still haven't actually tried clearing a hive without grinding down the fleet. I just, I basically have never actually fought a hive in any way. <laughs> I did it that one time as an experiment in, the, in a save that I didn't keep and then haven't done it since because I haven't needed to. But I'm, I, I guess I am reaching the point where like my main science system, I'm kind of using all of those planets, not like fully, but I'm using all the main resources of each of the different planets like the one that has the organic crystals and the one that has oil or whatever so i'm like i'm starting to drain those fast enough that i'm thinking about maybe i need to start importing stuff from another star system over but then there's enemies in all of those so at some point i'm gonna have to deal with them 
actually fight. Deal with it. So I've built a massive pile of chips that I can shove in my backpack. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> See how that goes. My ship sack. Yeah. The thing is, I haven't, I haven't actually... Because I haven't attacked the enemy, the space enemy at any point during since that very early test, I don't know if I've like super outclassed them in the tech tree. Because obviously... Now that I'm in the super late game, you're in this. You're you've researched the regular tech tree, but at the end of like the upgrade tech tree, there's basically infinite research where you just get a like a percentage bonus, but you can keep repeating that over and over, and the cost just goes up or whatever. So I've like I've already researched my I don't know energy weapon damage up to like two hundred and twenty percent or whatever, and it's like how much, how far do you have to go to be like you know super outclassing the enemies? And mm. how much do the enemies level up with you? Or, I mean, I guess they have their own levels. So you can see, like, the hive in this system is level seven or whatever because you haven't interacted with it. So it's only been passively leveling up. Whereas the mm. one in the system where I'm grinding the enemies for resources, they're up to like level 20 or whatever. Mm. And how does that affect the, does that, or does that even affect the damage of the enemy ships? I guess I could maybe click on one and see its stats. But that's really awkward to do while you're in space because you're constantly moving. And <laughs> so it's like kind of difficult to highlight the thing you're trying to highlight and then click on it. Although if you can manage to click on it, the like the tooltip just stays. Okay, right. So it's like you, once you actually do manage to click on the thing you want to click at, you're good. Just mashing the general area. Well, I mean, that's fine if it's something like a ship where there's hundreds of them. If you're trying to, like, highlight the exact dead centre main building of the hive, that can be kind of difficult, mm. <laughs> where there's all this other crap. But yeah, I've, I've definitely actually really in the late game now. Just trying to grind out some of the late game achievements, maybe. Because it's like, this is the furthest I've ever got, but now I kind of have to commit to go all the way to these late game achievements. <laughs> Where it's like make an entire blue belt's worth of of universe science per minute or whatever it is. Sorry, what? <laughs> a blue belt of universe science? Is, well, this like some, <laughs> is, this, is this like some kind of like extra karate level that I'm not aware of? <laughs> like a blue conveyor belt, the fastest oh, I tier of belt. No, it's not, not like you've, you've upgraded to blue belt of like of 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 transport foo. No, but yeah, those, those are the kind of those kind of super late game achievements. I think the weirdly the most annoying of those super late game grind achievements is going to be like upgrading your shield to 25 meters or whatever. Because like in the tech tree, the shield upgrade tree gives you like plus one meter per level or whatever. So obviously you're going to have to do 25 levels. But like the regular research ends at level seven and then you've got to go from seven to 25 on the infinite research scaling so to even get to level 25 is going to take so fucking long. I'm at like level 11 or 12, I think. And like all the infinite research that I've been doing has reached about 11 or 12 because I've been keeping them more or less even. Mm. So I'm this far into the late game and I'm still only halfway towards getting that shield upgrade that you need for that achievement. But it's probably not halfway. Yeah, because it's scaling up, scaling up the yeah. scale. I mean, obviously, I am also scaling up. Like, now I have these blueprints for the science space. I can just relatively quickly increase the amount of science I'm outputting. Mm. So that will compensate somewhat. But that one achievement seems a bit ridiculous. I don't know why there's... Twi I don't know even why your shield gets bigger. 
Like, what is right. the point of that? I mean, I guess if you're standing next to a building, it's protected because it's inside your shield, yeah. I guess. <laughs> but on a global scale, that's not super helpful. And the AI of your, like, your units isn't smart enough or to do anything smart, like stay inside your shield radius or anything. Which is really dumb because, like, when you're using your ground forces, you have attack drones and you have precision drones. And it implies in the tooltip where, like, the precision drones can shoot from further away so they don't have to get in the combat, except they're not programmed to do that. So they just rush into the combat anyway, like all, all of your drones do. <laughs> Whereas if they were smart, you know, precision drones would sit inside your shield bubble and then that would help, right? But they're not. I guess it's to encourage you to be active a little bit and well, move in to help you. Drones. Well, sure, but then they they they're constantly like flying crazily around enough that that's not even going to even if your shield was huge, I don't think that would really help much. You would actually have that many of them inside your shield at any moment. So yeah, I don't I don't really understand what the point of that upgrade is. <laughs> it's a bit weird, but I have to do twenty five of it. God damn. And apart from that, there's just like, you know, the typical super late game achievements of like upload 10 million universe sites or whatever, of which I've done the achievement for 1 million. So I'm like one tenth of the way to that as well. <laughs> this is where the real scaling happens. Just got to click that cookie a few more times. Yeah, pretty much. Get that auto clicker. I mean, it would be nice if it was a bit. If, if there was more ways you could scale your shit up because I mean I made these blueprints for the site I, I really don't want to do that uh, well I don't want to scale my shit up <laughs> that's, not, no. that's not a bad idea they, since they added the enemies they did add like one more tier of buildings or some of the buildings I guess like you can get the fourth tier of manufacturing machine if you use the special enemy drops to make it which is like three times as fast as a regular one or whatever but that doesn't really help because at a certain point in Dysphere program when you're occupying the entire planet you don't really need to worry about space you just you just go to another planet and just copy the whole uh, copy the entire planet's worth of buildings onto a new planet <laughs> like you're not going to worry about whether you can fit 10 of these buildings or 12 of the next building up <laughs> when you're building like 500 hmm. That kind of scaling doesn't really help super much any longer. It's only convenient for... Because the way I have my blueprint set up is it's like a segment of a planet. Like the planets are split into, yeah, yeah, into grid before, lines. They sort, of, sort of change, don't they, across the... Well, they change you know, up as you go up towards the north or south yeah, pole. Yeah. The grid changes. But if you build like five segments wide at the equator, that lines up all the way up. So if you build a series of five segment blocks all the way around the equator of the planet, that fills out to a point at the North Pole, basically. Mm. So you can design your blueprints like that, where everything fits in this five segment width, and then you can just stamp them down all the way around the planet. Right, and there are just gaps at the equator, like when you do that for other things, presumably. Well, the way I have those blueprints set up is the equator is where basically the import stations are. So that's where all the right, right. towers are, where the ships dock to drop off the resources. And then you just build the segments away from the equator in that way. Speaking of late game achievements, I'm also progressing towards the pave the entire planet achievement. God. That's not super hard because landfill isn't that difficult to make. It's only like steel and rock. But, you know, that's quite a lot of landfill. <laughs> and you just have to go around. And it's steel and rock. <laughs> yes. You'd think, <laughs> you'd think it might just be rock. That would. Yeah, that's probably. true. Yeah. <laughs> 
called cement, at least. Yeah. But yes, you have you cover the entire planet and you get the achievement that's just called I saw this in a movie once. Because <laughs> it looks kind of like a Death Star, I guess. If you make like it Wally? that colour, I no. guess. <laughs> well, I, I would say you could make it look more like a Death Star, but I mean, without the... Well, I suppose your buildings could make it look a bit more like the dish or whatever if you raised them neatly. Mm. But that achievement maybe doesn't make as much sense any longer since they allowed you to colour the land, the landfill or foundation as it's called. So you can actually make they, you can draw whatever you want on this planet using the landfill if you want. I make my landfill the colour of the planet that's underneath it just because it looks no, better. <laughs> the sandy coloured planet I'm on is just covered in yellow landfill now. Not quite fully, but I'm not quite done with that yet. That's so weird. <laughs> I mean, it's weird that that's an option. Well, it's, it's a weird system because, like, the, when you're the terrain of the planets don't doesn't matter. Like, mm. you're re- realistically you're only just building on a perfectly flat sphere because every time you place a building, it automatically flattens it down. Sure. And the only reason you need to use the landfill is to fill in holes. Like, if it's a mound, it automatically gets flattened down to level. But if it's a hole, you have to expend the landfill to bring it up. So, like. That's all that mechanic is. So you're always just building on a perfectly flat sphere. Just putting, putting things in holes. Yep. Put the dirt in the hole. Fill the ocean. Yeah. Except don't, because you need water as a resource. Or at least save some of the ocean on some of the planets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and with that, that's Zach's uh, ecological manifesto. Save some of the ocean. <laughs> don't use it all up. Well, I mean, it's not like you can even use stuff. It's always an infinite source. It's just don't landfill it all. (laughs) (laughs) And then it will stop being a source. That's Dyson Sphere Program. I guess I'm going to continue playing that until I get these goddamn achievements done. Or my system dies, whichever comes first. Which you'd hope would be the achievement (laughs) thing. (laughs) But it is running not as good as it was. I've definitely started to reach the point where it's like, I mean, it's probably more the game than my system. But like... Mm. It's definitely okay. It's mainly you know like saving, which I guess makes sense because you know the more hundreds of the hundreds of buildings there are, the more data it has to deal with. <laughs> but yes, it's definitely taking noticeable lags when it's saving now, even on SSD. Let's conservate. <laughs> Okay, that's the end of the program. The yep. Dyson Sphere program. The only free Dyson Sphere program. <laughs> only three. Only three. Yeah. <laughs> Most civilizations are content with one, but no, we've got to expand. I mean, it's technic- three I guess it's technically game. more like two and a half. One of them barely counts as a sphere. <laughs> a civilization, in your case, like are there? Like, well, the story of inhabitants. Uh, the story of Dyson Sphere program is like the civilization became virtual or whatever they moved into computers and they're blind they're just somewhere else but you're sending them all the energy (laughs) so your job is to go out and build all these isospheres to make to be able to expand the computerized civilization wherever that is Mm. oh (laughs) maybe don't conservate no I mean, you definitely don't give a give a damn about any like <laughs> all these planets that clearly have life on them. It's just like fuck that shit. <laughs> Gonna pave that over. Don't really care. 
no other like intelligent life or anything. No, well, I mean, unless you count the enemies, but they they are just you again, basically. The story of them is that like they were the first attempt at making the Dyson Sphere program, but they went rogue because mm. they were just AI rather than you know controlled by an actual person, as your mech is sort of implied to be, or a actual consciousness of a person, I suppose, right, yeah. not an actual person even at this point. But the enemies were just dumb AI, and then they went rogue and did the thing that AIs tend to do where they just try and expand. This is what you're trying to do. Except they're doing it badly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. And that's that's you, is it, Zeg? Yep. I think that might be a cast. I think we're just about out of time. Not, not any uh, wonder update? No, I have no wonder. <laughs> you'll, have to, you'll be left to wonder until the next time we you've, wonder. But you've got to wonder so you can be dunder. <laughs> it's true. Wonder to dunder. <laughs> I'll leave you to wonder and then we'll soon be dunder. Uh, do but not, do not blunder on your way to being I'll, I'll try not to blunder on my way to, or, when I'm wending my way to wonder. <laughs> Right, that sounds like a good fan, fan, fantasy game name, doesn't it? Like Wonder Wend. <laughs> no, I don't think it does. It fans sound better when you're wending your way to Wonder, not Wonder Wend. Wendler, or well, the Last Air Wender. <laughs> is that coming back? Like, is there a new? There's yeah, a new Netflix, there's a Netflix season of that. Yeah, yeah. Anything that was ever successful, they've got to remake it. Yeah, even if it was perfectly fine already. I mean, was the last end prepared to find? Like, uh, isn't the cartoon good? But that film, well, yes, pads? one of yeah, them yeah, was yeah. fine. <laughs> cartoon was good, very good for a something for made for eight-year-olds. Yeah. yeah, I'm sort of tempted to watch both, like the, the the series and the terrible film. Well, I mean, obviously, if you're going to watch one of them, you have to watch the other one. <laughs> yeah, mm. <laughs> sort of tempted, but then I th- you know that's a lot of TV that I'm, yeah. that I'm already not watching. Yeah, if you want to watch some kids' TV, I think it's pretty good. It's on Netflix. Yeah, something a little bit, uh, you know, have on in the room while Master's there. Yeah, not not too much gore. I've been watching a little <laughs> bit. Been watching a little bit of that Cyberpunk. I've watched oh, the first three episodes of that Cyberpunk anime. Is this the crap TV that you were talking about at the Cyberpunk? Or so you did want to talk about? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's all right. I'm not taken with it yet. I mean, it's very. It, it does the whole like it's it's the it's the cyberpunk world. They they've kind of got that down for all the good and all the bad, mm. mostly bad. It's not a pleasant place. Well, no, uh, that's kind of the point of cyberpunk, though. Right? Yeah. It's all right. I'll watch a bit more of it. It's not one of. Those, it's definitely not one of those shows I can watch with uh, with other people around. It's a bit cyberpunky in places, you know. Yeah. And everything that entails. We know the tone of that game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Alrighty, check out our YouTube channel. We've got Sonic Adventure 2 Part 3 Butt Wave for you. Well, there are part 4's up there now, isn't it? Uh, part 4 part up there? Oh, probably. Even more. Yeah. Unless I just forgot to hit the go button. I'm pretty sure it's there. The whole sequence of... Uh... Sonic Adventure 2. And um, still working on part five. That will come soon. 
yeah, that would be the conclusion of the the dark story, and then and the rest, and then the, the, the last, end. the last, the last. <laughs> okay, so you could enjoy the last, and then <laughs> the we'll... last of us. <laughs> Except the last be, of them, we'll, anyway. do, we'll do more videos. Yeah, it's the last. It's the last. Actually, it wasn't the last of them, was it? There's, even yeah, Shadow they, comes back. Anyway, spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> the last Sonic for now, but we'll do other videos of other stuff. And uh, we'll also be back with another Salacast in two weeks' time. So we will catch you then. Goodbye, listeners. Goodbye!